What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of World on Drugs. I am your host, Steve. Here we got another folks. You guessed it. This one's part two about crime in Poland. What? No one ever asked for that. No one was even sure Poland was a real place. Well, guess what? Everybody, it is, and it's crooked. This is a fun episode, man. Uh, I did this one with Monterey Martinez. She, if you don't know her, she's a comedian in L.A. She tours with Steve Byrne. Um, oh, who's the stuttering guy? Drew Lynch doesn't stutter anymore somehow. Um, yeah, she's a really good friend of mine. We kind of became friends over um, the pandemic. You know, actually, I opened my friend group quite a bit over the pandemic. Uh, probably not what you're supposed to do. I was just doors open. Anyone wants to come in? Fuck, let's hug. Let's mouth kiss. No, um, I just had probably more of a limited one. It opened up to like four more people. Met her this summer when a bunch of our friends and I, a couple of our friends and I, you know, we get be stuck inside so long it would really start to weigh on you. So we'd all chip in and share an Airbnb. Not like one super nice, but you know a nice. And if you got enough people, it's pretty cheap. We'd all get uh, tested before. We were getting tested before. We'd go to the, uh, excuse me, we'd go to the, uh, it was like a <laughs> storage container um, on the street that you could get tested at for a while. And so we'd all go there, and then we'd get checked, and nothing ever bad happened. So I think it was fine. So, But um, someone brought her along because someone else dropped out, and then she became our friend. We've been hanging out uh, when we all do our little group hangs, and it's been nice, man. She's It's fun to, you know, I, uh, a couple people I've heard say it's weird to start making friends past, like, 25 for a guy or any person. And honestly, I probably agree with that unless you move somewhere new. But I did have to move into a new city. And when you move to a new city, uh, essentially by myself, I had one friend. You got to make friends or you're just going to be some weird, creepy person. And, you know, in my line of work, uh, it's more important uh, than agents or managers or anything like that is the word uh, from the other comics. Because that's a lot of times how you get agents, managers, and that's how you do pretty much everything. And a lot of people forget that. And honestly, it's probably in any, in any uh, job you have. A lot of the times the way you move up is not by kissing ass. It's by uh, being cool to everyone around you because a rising tide raises all ships or one big-ass ship's going to get rose, and you better hope you with that bitch. And so this was an interesting two-parter, man. You know, uh, never really thought about Poland in my life. Wasn't sure I was going to think about Poland in my life, but I did quite a lot. Uh, read quite a lot, moved around quite a lot, did a lot of research. Very interesting, man. Seems pretty backwards. But not backwards. That's that's dumb. It's a dumb thing for me to say. It seems like, um, you know, in any poor country, a lot of times, as we've seen, especially when you're switching, you know, governments or whatever from communism, capitalism, uh, it seems to go bad for a little while. As it probably could because it was probably wasn't going that great before it anyway. But we can see, you know, and when, when, when things are going great, like the hermit frog that, <laughs> that criminals are, that's when they find a new way to pop on in there. That's what they did here and. It's also I talk about in this one, which might be the theme of this show, is how much one small thing can lead to such bigger things. Because really the biggest thing in this episode that led to everything else was um, the last episode, the guys doing small-time things to just stay alive, like stealing cars from surrounding countries and then bring them back to their place and using them. Like, I mean, is that the worst thing in the world? No. But you can see how those guys then jump, get together, and then the... Uh, 
just how a group of guys started banding together were just doing car thieves and by the end of it they're doing they're leading to different gangs um <laughs> having shootouts in their villas against the government and no one getting in, tr- in trouble it's like wow man one small wrong turn can lead you down a bad path that you never really intended to be in or one small turn can lead you into a fantastic path but this is uh Kind of both of those, honestly, because who knows if these guys are going to have this much cool shit going on if they didn't end up doing bad shit. You know, maybe they're just some poor-ass dude eating potato and leek soup somewhere in some Polish little town, and then he turned into a gangster. Maybe that was what he liked better. Probably the murdering people in the Hitman for Hire stuff is probably not as good to go with, but I don't even honestly know what I'm talking about anymore. Shout-out to the research, Patrick Grajewicz. Patrick Grajewicz. All the way from Poland, getting in that good Poland, Polish knowledge from the Polish internet in Poland. International, this podcast. Uh, he helped us out with everything, so that's why we're getting allowed, get allowed to get our... Not allowed to get, that's why we were able to get so much cool information. What? So shout out to you, Patrick. This episode, let's jump into it. The fall of communism in 1989 has shaken the entire Central and Eastern Europe. The transformation of the capitalist system was rapid, wild, and chaotic. Still, it created an excellent opportunity for ordinary folk who just wanted to make quick money, and criminals who need to adjust to a new reality. Seemingly, innocent car thieves banded up and within just a few years expanded their criminal portfolio. A hunger for money, power, and influence pushed them to do more sinister things like contract killings. The inexperienced, understaffed, and underfunded police force weren't able to keep up with the pace of the crime and even if they somehow managed to destroy one gang one unpredictable one came into existence like the heads of a hydra this is the story of the infamous pruskow gang in the 90s and gang of mutants in the early 2000s bombings old coal assassin old school cold-blooded assassinations and big money not only uneducated thugs but also medical doctors and paramedics who are hunting for skins Welcome to the crazy world of the Polish underground. I want you, you want to go listen? Y'all want to listen now? See what's happening? I thought so. But you still got a little bit of me, baby. Um, How was my week? Oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy, did I fuck up last week. Boy, oh, boy. So I've been getting hot on the old comic store main room action. If you've been checking out the old IG Getting up at the best club in the world in the best room at the... A little bit later than the best times, but hey, best for me. So I got... You, 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 if you don't know how that works, how you get... How when people say, Steve, what are your shows in three months from now when they're in L.A.? And I go, I don't know. I know them week of. So on, two, on Mondays, I, or Mondays for Comedy Store, Sundays for the Hollywood Improv. So Monday I send in my avails. Tuesdays they get them to me. That's in a text message. So normally a lot of times it's it's my fault. It's my fault. I can't keep I can't have a little silver doubt. But normally when a comedy um show you're on that day, a lot of times you I find out you know sometimes people book me weeks in advance for like their bar show. They'll tag me in it or tag me in a day behind or a day ahead of me. Never behind. That would be stupid. And I know what that's coming up. Problem was I got my sets on Tuesday and I had one on Wednesday in the main room. And at a Friday main room. What? Little old Stevie in the, in the main room on the weekend. Oh, 
tell my girlfriend she's off that day. We're 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 planning our whole week around me doing this set, going to grab dinner, you know, date night. I get a little extra money from the set. We can go somewhere nice. It's just big for me, you know. Four hundred people in on the Sunset Strip sold the fuck out after Mark Mayer and Anthony Jessel, Nikolaja Schlesinger, the best of the best, Theater X. My dumbass name's in there, and it makes me feel good. Well, I don't know what I was doing, but I wrote. <sighs> I wrote down that the set was on Saturday. So Wednesday, set was good. Great. Set was great. I did very good late at night. Fantastic. Not the best ever, but a solid 8 out of 10. I've done a few really good ones. I fucking love the main room so goddamn much. Everyone likes the OR. I like the main room. I like that, man. A lot of people. I can feel the energy. I can build. It's good. I'm waiting, okay? Then Friday night comes, and my girlfriend's off, and she goes, hey, why don't we go see a movie, right? Because she, she works nights as a nurse. So sometimes her time's all fucked up, so we went to a 10-10 movie. 10-10. Went to the Candyman at the Alamo Drafthouse. If you don't know what the Alamo Drafthouse is or what it is, or uh, you, if you have a, a big city, you know, you know, BC, topper tier city, uh, not DCB, like level B or C city. Like I don't think Sacramento has a C city would get it, but I think San Francisco has one, Chicago has one, New York. It is a, a fancy, not fancy, just kind of like really cool movie theater. Like, it looks inside, it's really cool, you can get a real meal, dinner, um, but they're very strict, so you never get up, people just bring you popcorn and stuff like that, is it expensive? Eh, not that expensive, probably less, t- less than 20 bucks for a sandwich or a pizza or something like that, so it's, I mean, not, probably the same price as it is at any movie theater, you know, not cheap places. So we go there, but they really stress on you from putting your phone on silent or airplane mode. So ten ten the movie is it? We get there at about nine forty. Um, fuck. Put my shit on in airplane mode at like nine forty five. Get in there. Get out at about twelve. I don't know why I was so late. Around twelve. I look at my phone. I got fifteen missed texts. Apparently, my spot was on Friday, not Saturday. Dude, that hurts so bad when I got home. Because I got home and then my shit was, I was like, oh, it's on fucking airplane. I was like, why can't I load, load anything? And then they popped up and I'm like freaking out because I'm like, I spot, I'm looking at it on the calendar. So I've been waiting for this whole week. And I wrote it down wrong. Yeah, it's on me. It really hurt that night. Really, really, my gut hurt. Because... A lot of people want that. A lot of people want that. And I'm competing with a lot of people for that. There's only, you know, eight, nine, ten of those a day in the main room. So so we'll see if I get those ever again. I mean, I'm going to keep getting spots, you know, it's not like that. But who knows if I'll go back to those two main rooms again. And that was really going to... That was really good. But, you know, you know, people go, well, you know, mate, they'll understand. I mean, she was very nice. She's a friend of mine, Emily. She wasn't tripping. She was like, no, you're not going to get in trouble or anything. But, you know, I should get in trouble, I think. You know, someone else would have been there. 
Like, was I too drunk or high or stoned or on mushrooms or something? I couldn't do it? No. I just wrote it down, but it's no one else's fault but mine. I mean, they should have tagged me in a fucking photo. Why aren't you tagging me a photo? But it's my fault. I shouldn't. I mean, no no other cute. I'm a grown man. I should be able to write something down. Ay, ay, ay. That one wrecked me for eight or nine hours. Whenever I get mad, too, I either get real mad and it simmers, and then I know where I'll just be like, fuck. Fuck. And I'll kind of simmer down again. I'll just kind of. It's like, you ever like pickled sauerkraut? And there's a little like. I have the angry temperament of pickling sauerkraut. Uh, yeah, so that freaking suck balls. God damn. Um, a lot of people have been commenting on my tan. Um, I'm very tan right now. A lot of people forget that I have a decent amount of Italian in me. And uh, I tan. I get dark. And why I'm getting darker now is two reasons. One, I'm doing the... 5,000 steps a day thing again. And I walk to the Greek theater from where I'm at, which is pretty much uphill. I mean, it is uphill. And it's about two and a half miles uphill, but not too steep. You know, like a gradual grade. Not too uphill, you know. It's just a gradual grade. But uh, it's doing the mornings, and I just get a little sun. I'm just tanning. So it looks weird. People are commenting on it. And uh, and it's also a the juxtaposition between the way I normally looked, which is I would go out during the night, you know, sleep more in the day. Like I used to get up at, my spots were at 1 o'clock. Like I'm getting spots now at like 10.30 in the main room. You know how fucking good that is? Fuck. I was at sauerkraut again. Fuck. Ugh, I used to get up at 1.30 like a year and a half ago in the morning. No one wants it. But that shit sucks, dude. <laughs> I mean, you're talking to like seven blacked out people, five Australians because their clock's different. So they're like either it's the morning or it's like afternoon for them or something. And you're just, no one wants to hear you do stand up anymore because they've been listening to stand up since nine o'clock. Gay. I was getting them at 1030 in the main room. Grad. Gravid? Granite. The shows only go to about eleven thirty there. Or even eleven. So still two passed off, but and the starts they start at eight. But I'll still take that, baby boy. I'll take that every goddamn time. Well, I won't anymore because I probably won't be getting it. Um so that hurt. I'm still talking about that. I feel like I was supposed to get past that. Oh, the tan. So I'm walking in every every morning. It's very light out. I get tan very easy. Got a little lather, a couple bass on me. Definitely get the farmer's tan pretty bad. Thinking if I'm going to start wearing a tank top. I mean, it feels like it's a little aggressive for me. Uh, just as who I am as a human being. I think I can do it. Because I think I start needing to get, you know, a tank top tan just isn't as bad. It's like a woman getting a bikini tan. Or like she has like a farmer's tan. A woman with a farmer's hand is a very funny picture. So I might start doing that. A couple shout-outs. Oh, shit. Oh, okay, here's one. Yo, if you have Amazon, you have a Whole Foods near you. This one's been a game-changer, folks. And it's probably why I needed to walk. Um, Whole Foods has chocolate croissants, 
okay, you know, blah, 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 they got crossing. They're good. They're good. But if you go on your Amazon Prime, like Express Freshness, whatever the fuck it's called, you can get delivered, and it's free, I think, a two-hour delivery if you get over, like, 45 bucks. So why would I even ever get up anymore? Which why I was staying so pale for so long. Um, you can get delivered raw, raw croissants, chocolate croissants, so that you can bake them. What? Bake them croissant at your house, dog. You can fucking hot croissants in your. I feel like you people don't even understand me right now. Makes me sick. Makes me. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's really good. So that's my first shout out. Because then you're getting warm croissants. It's like how often are you really eating that? Never probably, folks. Unless you're some like fucking French baker. I doubt it. Also, I've been doing a lot of Hulu. Shout out to my boy Morgan. Um. Get him on the podcast soon here. Um, he's been hooking me up to Hulu, and there's these, this, this, uh, my girlfriend is, I don't know what it says about me that every woman I date is obsessed with serial killers. I don't know if it's me, if I need to start treating them better, this is a sign, but I swear, my last girlfriend would watch pedophile documentaries. Like she'd she'd go to sleep to, to catch a predator, and then this girlfriend is just murderers and prisoners. That's all they watch, you know. And you look at two things, you gotta go. What's the what's the thing that both these things have in common? It's your boy. It's your boy. So, uh, but there's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's your boy. Um, there's a show called Killer Speaks. You know, if you like this podcast, you definitely like probably the darker side of the world. Um, and uh, you know, the reason I did this podcast because I want to know about gangs and and crime and psychos and warlords. And we got a good, actually, a good cult coming up. I'm gonna put that down here that I don't even think anyone's done yet. Um. If you like the kind of sicko stuff that this is, you'll like this. Because the reason I made this podcast because I was sick of hearing about Pablo Escobar. Griselda Blanco and blah, 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 blah. Just the same people. El Chapo. Like, there's got to be more bad people in the world. And guess what, people? There are. And this show finds them. And they do super fucked up shit. It's really great. And then they get the guy who's killed people. Not killers. What was the one on Netflix? It's not the one on Netflix. This one's almost better than that one. I love that one, too. So these ones do interviews with, like, the killer, and he just talks about everything. And you look at some of these guys, and you go, yeah, I get that one. Could have saw that from before. Old Jim Bob. A lot of them, you're just, like, listening. You're like, this person makes sense, but then they're kind of crazy. They're just talking in circles, and you're like, oh, no, this person's inside. So that one's really great. A couple episodes we got. I know Hawaiian Gardens, when it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen with season two starting on the last week. Oh, uh, September. September. Uh, we're going to do it then. Another episode we got coming out. This Oh, we got one about Evil Corp. If you haven't heard about them, um, it is an evil Russian hacking. They're the guys who did the pipeline 
They are the, some of the biggest hackers in the world. They're the, probably the preeminent hackers right now. They're really cool though, because they like hack governments, and then and then like they buy like Lamborghinis and just like do donuts in parking lots on their TikToks. Pretty fucking cool. Um, about to do one on them. Wine Gardens is still coming. Oh, we got this cult. Shout out to Patrick Grisevich. I think I got it close for the first time. Um, like I said, my man's straight Polish dog, 100%. Blue faces only, boy. Um, <laughs> blue faces, because you're 100% Polish. Very funny stuff, Stephen. Um, it's sick how much I like myself. I just, I think I like myself more than other people like myself, and that's my problem. And that's when I go like, why am I not doing more stuff? And then I'm just like, because you are your biggest fan, Steven. Um, yeah, he is Polish, and he found this sick-ass cult. It's got aliens, bro. Only Polish people know about it. So unless you got some pierogi-making auntie, I think this one's going to come on open ears. So that's all going to be fun. Uh, once again, at the end of the month, I'm doing Comedy Cafe in Fort Myers, Florida. If you're in Florida, come by, check it out. Numbers staying the same. If you want to join, share an episode if you like it. Comment at least. I know you probably don't want to share it, but comment. If you already comment, thank you. If you can comment again, do that. That'd be pretty cool. I don't know if you can. Do it. I'm all about cheating. I don't care. That's if one person commented them. That's all I really need. Probably need a lot of things. But what you guys need is part two of the Polish criminal underground. Pretty much just Poland's history. If you only looked at the crime side. Um... <laughs> Uh, we got Monterey Martinez. She has a great podcast. Uh, check that one out. I've done that one. That was a fun episode. Also got another announcement coming. Going to be starting a new podcast once this one goes to the Comedy Store Network. Uh, I'm going to be doing it on my own on Spotify only. Um, it's going to be a music podcast where I get a lot of my more, f- uh, you know, a lot of my friends on there. And uh, each week we will make a playlist for you available on Spotify. And we will talk about what these songs mean to us. And uh, I'm going to be doing some, some uh, you know, sharing a lot of music you probably haven't heard. It's going to be pretty fun. So check that out. It's not out yet. Haven't named the podcast. Chill. Give them a little stink peek. Once again, Polish Criminal Underground Part 2 featuring Monterey Martinez right after this break. And probably a commercial. Bye. Monterey Martinez, thanks for coming in, buddy. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we're going to do a jump you on the uh, second uh, part of the crime in Poland. Okay. Have you ever thought of Poland once in your life? I, I li- I'm from Buffalo, New York. And there's a giant Polish community. And one of my friends, uh, Nadine U- Yurkalevich, she had yeah. some crazy last name. She had like a very Polish traditional like family like where they like got married and had to put like fruit baskets on their head. Okay, sounds right. Yeah, that and uh, everyone in Buffalo just makes fun of them that apparently they're stupid, but also you know very criminally involved. Yes, I have. This is actually fantastic. I always try to find someone that knows something about uh, and uh, Pol- Pol- Polish people on the West Coast aren't really a thing. Mm-mm. I think they stayed kind of in the Midwest in the uh, Northeast, so it's hard to find. So this worked out perfectly. Yeah, so aren't Polish people like they're kind of like very they're like the blue collar of like Europe, right? Yeah, and it seems like their shit was just pretty fucked up. They're communists for a long time, and then so in the last episode we went through their them being communists, mm-hmm. and it was uh, a lot of embezzlement from people. Like they did this one thing where like when you're communist you have to 
like everything's done by the government. Like you get like everyone's on welfare, so everyone right. gets government cheese from. It'd be like if the government ran all the Ralphs. Right. So then a lot of the people were like stealing food, so poor people couldn't get it, and then mm. reselling it on the black market. And then there was a big thing. They were like the biggest car thieves in Europe. Oh. So they would like. Uh, so they have talent. Yeah, I guess so. That's why I think they all called them criminals and stuff. Yeah. And uh, at the time when they were all criminals, like they were just car thieves, groups of car thieves, it was just kind of like a chill area. And then uh, in the 90s, it jumps up into these weird gangs. Mm, okay, interesting. So 1950, 1980s, 1950-1989. Poland was under the communist regime and was a weird place where a line between the underworld and law enforcement really wasn't existing. People were illegally Dealing dollars like drugs on the streets. So what happened was their their economy crashed so bad that dudes who had like American money or German money or places like that would stand on the street corner mm. and trade you for a higher rate, well, like the Polish money. Right now, why is this in 1950? Because this is after World War Two. So it's like what was happening in 1950 that their economy just they were just always poor, and now they're communists and. Mm. Communism hasn't really ever worked anywhere. Yeah. Uh, it kind of always just gets to this because mainly, you know, communism seems like a great idea if humans weren't human beings. Right. And inherently uh, kind of evil people. For sure. Because every time I'm like, yeah, I'm like, why don't we just all make the same amount of money? Mm. And then like we don't have to try so hard and people won't be as competitive. But then you're like, yeah, but some people just like aren't worth as much as other people. That's a good argument, too. And also there's always going to be one guy trying to get in charge. That's like, okay, I'm going to, but I'm going to be a little bit more powerful than everybody else. And then yeah. he ends up stealing everything and just kind of ruin everybody's life. Totally. So that's kind of like what was happening to these guys. So their money was going down so quick that people would go to this, just a dude on the corner and be like, you know, I'll give you, you know, a hundred bucks for one U.S. dollar just because I knew that wouldn't go wow. down. Damn. Many sought opportunities in stealing foreign cars. And then those people turned into real life gangs in the nineties. All of it under the blind eye of the government and the police. It's not surprising, though, because the Ministry of the Interior was heavily involved in crime as well. Like, this shit went all the way to the highest things of government back in the yeah. like, communist ways. And what, are they Catholic, or what are they? Uh, they're definitely Christian. I'm guessing they're Catholic. Yeah. They definitely start being Catholic in the 90s because there's one of the coolest assassinations <laughs> I have ever okay. seen. The Polish intelligence agency was funded in its own operations by forcing Polish petty criminals living in the West to do robberies and heists and smuggle stolen goods to Poland. So to say that again, the Polish a uh, intelligence agency. So what this means is the Polish, like the CIA of Poland, mm -hmm. anytime they had a, a criminal in another country, yeah. they would force him to like rob banks or mm -hmm. steal cars or they would fuck up his family. And then he had to come give that money back to the CIA. Damn. Yeah. So they were like, well, we don't want to do the crime. But if we get another criminal from another country to do our dirty work, then we can get what we want without yes. actually having to do it. So, well, yeah. And it's like they were still it's kind of like uh, like what was the uh, what was the one where the CIA was bringing cocaine into L.A. Uh, from Nicaragua and then buying the. Yeah. Why do I feel like I watch a documentary on this? There's a bunch of them. Yeah. There's a sense she's just like that. So they're you trying to use this money since it's communism, since they didn't have that much money. Right. So they're trying to find a way to get money. So what they did is like, we'll go find people in other countries. Totally. <laughs> tell them that we're going to fuck up their families that are here or right. they have to steal. Yeah. It's like the FBI. They want to raise. Yep. It was like something like they couldn't raise money like CIA, from Congress. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so they were like, oh, so we'll just go get involved with the drug cartel in South America, sell the drugs, use that money and then fund our own yep. exactly. whatever bullshit. Yeah. 
And these goods were often stolen again and again by the administration officers and even well-known politicians. This went up all the way to the prime minister one time. Those stories helped to uh, better understand what came next in the 90s during one of the craziest and fastest world economic transformations from communism to capitalism, the Wild West of Europe with its own Yuma. What's Yuma? Uh, the 310 to Yuma was a Wild movie. West movie back in yeah. the day. And there used to be a train that would at uh, 310 it would go to go from western germany into poland mm. so that was the train that they would steal cars and bring them back into poland gotcha so essentially they'd steal cars from uh, uh, other s- countries all around it bring them into poland have some guy say that this wasn't a stolen call in poland car in poland yeah. because like their dmv doesn't go to other countries so once gotcha. it came over here it was good December 1989, a Polish parliament officially approved the government's new reform plan of transforming the state economy from communism to capitalism, ending over 40-year-long rule of communism. Hmm. Here's a little secret. This doesn't go well in the beginning. I don't know if you know that, but there's no country that is... There's actually a lot of my podcasts go to countries that go from communism to capitalism. Because once, just like when, like, uh, if we switch to communism, we would have to sell Ralph's to the, like, the government and they would mm-hmm. take care of it. Once they go to capitalism, you can just buy anything that used to be a government thing. Gotcha. So you could be like, I want to buy all the Ralphs, or I want to be buy the electric company, or right. buy these different things. And normally, the shadiest people still had money during the other right. times. Right. So uh, this doesn't go go well when you try to transform yourself. I feel like it's a lot like when a kid goes to college and they want to re- reinvent themselves. You know, they yeah. don't want to be the dork anymore. They don't want to be inter- antisocial. Yeah. Except this guy. Uh, except Poland didn't go away to college. They just one day showed up to a party wearing a fedora. <laughs> So, Monterey, you are a very spiritual person and stuff like that and yeah. believe in self-growth. Do you think people can reinvent themselves? Yeah, I think for sure. I think there are some people that totally are what they are and they won't ever change, but not because they aren't capable. But I think if you're like willing, anybody can change any aspect about themselves for sure. Now, do you think it's just like, you know, for instance, when I was younger, I was a lot meaner. Mm-hmm. and stuff like that and i just kind of grew up i changed or do you think if you're like i want to be someone who enjoys the moment more yeah. you can put your mind to that and you can do it yeah i think it's like deeper than that i think it's like you have to get rid of like all your bullshit because anytime you don't feel good it's because it's like you just have a bunch of bullshit that you've just ignored and you just kind of reach to a vice or reach to like entertainment mm-hmm. reach to a relationship and you just you know kind of you know hid all that shit and then once you like let yourself feel all your stuff then that's when you actually start feeling better you're like oh my god i don't have to feel miserable or depressed all the time so have you have do you think you've transformed or was there any has there ever been someone that you thought either transformed well or didn't transform very well yeah i think um like even the rapper what is it gucci main like yeah you know have you ever watched like his like newer like interviews or whatever Mm -hmm. like he talked about i don't know if he like admitted to killing somebody but i'm he killed somebody yeah. for sure but he no t- i think he killed a guy who tried to rob him then yeah. young jeezy send a guy to come and get rob him and then he's, yeah yeah, and then yeah. so it's like you know cool. you see people like that where you're like okay so it's like you can come from complete chaos and be like you know that's why i always tell people i'm like let people hit rock bottoms because sometimes that's the only time like you know when people are when they whether it's like with alcohol or whether it's with relationships you know everybody tries to save somebody but it's like let them hit rock bottom because it's that's when they're going to be like fuck like now i have to like get my life better because but if you never have consequences or you never like experience something that's like truly like damn i'm fucking up then you're never going to want to actually 
change or you're never going to have to have to change. I mean, that makes sense for Gucci Mane because he was yeah. literally in jail. Yeah. And then he came out jacked, uh, got rid of his gold teeth, got these crazy diamond, veneer, diamond yeah. veneers and stuff on his mouth. They look really good. He looks good. Yeah. yeah. He looks good. It almost makes it look classy. I think. Yeah. I don't know how. I'm like, it looks like a businessman grill. Yeah. A businessman <laughs> grill. Yeah. He says a professional grill. Yes. So there is some uh, hope for Poland coming from communism and capitalism. Let's we'll see what they do next. 1991 is f- Poland's first preliminary election where they start uh, electing presidents and stuff like that. Uh, in 1999, a year before, the Pruskrov, Prus, Pruskow gang is created. A group of 50 people, the ex-Chinkarazi. So I talked about them last ga- last mm-hmm. episode. These are the guys that it was kind of just like people would steal cars from neighboring countries and bring them over. And there wasn't like much else negative or scary about it. It was just kind of like, eh, we're stealing people's cars. Yeah. And there's funny songs made about it. But a lot of times, you know, once you get a taste of a little bit of money... Things start no going more. worse. Yeah. So a group of 50 people, some ex-car thieves, smugglers, and other local uh, petty criminals from communist era get together and start uh, a co-op, a co- cooperation gang. Mm. So it's a lot like the Avengers, but <laughs> just for the bad people. Yeah. Um, May 29th, 1990, the first disagreements happened among the Pruskow gangsters. Lelek and Slong, uh, Slon is in- English's elephant, are shot dead and their bodies are thrown out of a car on a road near... Catawick City. Elephant is a great nickname, right? Yeah, that's a that's a guy you're like, okay, like that's sketchy because it's like elephants seem quiet and mysterious, mm-hmm. but it's like they're huge, and you know, if a bunch of them come rolling together, like you'd even one, yeah, even, even one, even one elephant is not a good look. No. It's also like, is it elephant for a large animal or huge cock? Oh, equally as intimidating. Exactly. Have you ever had any nicknames? Where do they come from? Yeah. Um. Because my name's Monterey, it sounds like the cheese. So everybody's like Monterey Jack Cheese. I get Monty, Moni, Mona Lisa. Um, that's because I don't smile, and neither does she. <laughs> and people are like, "That's you." Um, I get somebody. I, Montana is a nickname. I used to work for this guy who never could remember my name. He just knew it was like. Yeah, a lot a of your place. nicknames seem like people just got your name wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like Larry, yeah. Mike, Malibu, Montana, <laughs> Margarita. I'm like, literally, how many things I've went to? They're like, Margarita, Mar- right? Margarita. Yes, I'm like, why would it be fucking Margarita? Okay, and I'm like, Monterey, I guess, isn't that much better. But yeah, had a lot of nicknames. Um, but Monty and Monty are the or Mona are probably the most common. Any like you like? Like you got one that you I like? like Mo- I think I like Mona. I like I like Monty. It sounds like endearing. Like Monty, come on, let's go. Monty's like, pretty good. Yeah, I like Monty. Monty, I don't like. It just I was like, that's for fat people. Yes, it Monty is. Monty is fat. Yeah, like I, but he wears like pork pie hats. Yeah, and, like and a he lot like. Of He's like a criminal, like on the same level of like Home Alone. He's like, eh, I have these like gloves, sticky. Oh, I took it in my unit. You remember that part? Yeah, he's the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, the bad yeah. Guy. He's definitely, he's definitely a low end bad guy. Probably during like the Prohibition and like. Uh, oh yeah, Monty. July 6, nineteen ninety, Motel George shootout, and it's so essentially, a, co- a lot of these guys, these bigger stories like this. At the end, we're gonna go into a very deep. Uh, Damn, you really do your homework on this shit. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of it. Like, it's, I'm surprised it's not famous. But you, like, love it, or, I mean, like, you love history, or you specifically love gangs, or, like, a mixture of both? I just always, oh, yeah, love my, (laughs) I just always uh, liked criminals and crime. Like, I always liked the bad guys and, like, uh, Me too. 
like G.I. Joe's or anything. I just thought they were cooler. Yeah. And or you just understood them. You're like, oh, I understand why you had to operate this way because it's a poor person thing. Yes. Yeah. Most of these come from poor people. We yeah. got another. We got a good one coming up about this this group called uh, Evil Corp. Mm. And it is the number one Russian hacking organization. Ooh, love it. They just they, they, what they what they don't give a fuck because they just kind of like control the internet. They're so smart. Yeah, they're the ones who did the pipe the pipeline. Yeah, thing that where they hijacked the pipeline yeah. pipeline for a bunch of money. So they'll just have these TikToks of them, like in th- they just have four Lamborghinis doing spins. Wow, and like Lamborghinis are all like look stupid. And yeah, stuff. you got to appreciate outlaws. And I'm not saying like people who are constantly murdering people, yeah. but people who it's like. They have to because the government does the same exact thing just under the guise of, you know, three letter agencies. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're not Point. any better, you know. Uh, but so I appreciate outlaws. I was I oh, I remember when I first heard of the mafia. I was like, tell me more. How right do I join? Now. Yeah. How do, how do <laughs> I join? How do I, Where's the sign up? Is there a casting? Um, but yeah, I was obsessed with John Gotti growing up. Yes. I was obsessed. I watched like all like. Goodfellas and Godfather. I, the Godfather is like one of my favorite books of all time. Like, have you ever read the book? No, but I wasn't a big movie. reader. Yes, I've but seen all the those. book is like there's like eight more storylines that aren't in the movie, and it's like I read. I had a call off work. I was like, I need to finish this book. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and then like when Sunny like died, I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with the rest of my life. Yeah, I need to call off work now because I'm too scared. Yeah, sad. I'm too like, Sunny, my husband is dead. <laughs> But yeah, I love mafia. I love this stuff too. Yeah, so I kind of I've just seen everything that was made out there, and it's always like you know Gotti or somebody in the mafia or Pablo Escobar, and I was yeah. like, I want to learn about people that no one's talking about. Totally. Yeah, I haven't heard of it. I mean, I've heard of some of them, but not yeah. that much. But it's like, yeah, it's interesting. So I'm like, there's organized crime in every city, every country, and every, every time of the year, like. The millennia, there's all these different Every people. planet, Every Steven, planet, yeah. You got to start going to fucking Neptune and shit. Come on. It's probably so. It's probably be like a NASA thing. Reptilians. Stealing stuff. Reptilians. Hello. Different dimensions. Yeah. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Um, September. Nope. This is still the Hotel George one. So we're going to go in that deeper later. But this is just a f- quick little brief one. In a small city of Rusich, few members of the Cow gang uh, want to sell stolen cars for about 15K. They have found one buyer, and the meeting is set up at the Motel George. It's probably spelled some weird way in Polish. Yeah. They didn't know what it was, that it was a police sting operation. During the transaction, the police stormed the place, and a shootout started. One of the police officers is heavily wounded. One of the gangsters and ki- is killed. A court acquitted the gangster who took part in the shootout a little bit later, mainly because their government is still pretty uh, shoddy at this time. Right. And it's officially the first Polish police operation against organized crime in the post-communist Poland. Damn. So, um... One thing interesting that we're going to learn here, and I'll just throw it up here, is like, I feel like in America, when the cops come to your house, you're normally like, I give up. You got me. Yeah. In Poland, it's I don't know if that's the police doing it, but they're like, uh, it's go time. Yeah. They're like, it's going down. Yeah. All right. One guy in here later, they uh, the Pruskow guys. We'll save it. We'll save it. But I'm just going to say I'm just going to say the word police traps in a mansion. Okay. So that's pretty good. But I've heard that too about like Russians too. They're like, they don't pull over. Yeah. When a cop, I forget someone was talking about that or was like on something, but they're like, or a Russian guy or somebody, but they're like, they don't pull over. They're like, you're going to chase me down. And if you get me, you get me. But if not, that's on you. And I'm like, damn, okay. Makes sense. I mean, if I know I'm getting something, I've always thought this and you can tell me your, how long would you like, you know, you didn't, uh, you know, you got a DUI, okay? You're going home. Yeah. You've 
you you know don't drink and drive but i'm just trying to find a way of how you could actually go to jail for a long time yeah you're kind of drunk you're i'm not that you do this but whatever you go to get it (laughs) you're driving drunk you somehow run over a woman and her three kids you're going to jail for the rest of your life or you know whatever what's the longest where you go i'd rather just kill myself (laughs) i think uh I mean, for me, I definitely wouldn't want to go to jail, if I'm yeah. being honest. No. Yeah. I'd, I was like, and I'm too cute. Mm-hmm. I was like, no. Uh, I probably, I'm not afraid to die, so I probably would kill myself pretty fast. No, I'm saying like, oh. this. no, no, I get it. No, no, I get it. Yeah. I, in jail. But I'm talking like, they're kind of like, you know, for some reason you got a day to go home. I, like 10 years, like if I died right now, I'd get out of 42 I could still live. Yeah. 20, maybe 25, 30. Oh, I'm not going to stay around for that. Like if it was like five years. You're thinking about it. Yeah. I'm You're looking at belts. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at belts. Like I'm like, all right, this is sturdy. I don't know how to tie a noose. I can YouTube it. Like is this a load bearing uh, yeah, rafter beam? Yeah, going to be holding my weight. Um, I think, uh, yeah, if it was anything more than five years, then yeah, I'm like. Yeah, five, yeah. Five would have been just when I moved to L.A. I'd be getting out. Right. So I'd be okay. Ten. Ten, Ten is still, man. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're still like young enough. But I'm like, I'll just, I believe in reincarnation. I'll just start over. That's true. I'll just start over. Yeah, I ran out of coins. This one didn't work <laughs> out anymore. Yeah, exactly. All right. December 12th, 1992. Drizyad, a.k.a. Gramp. This guy, these guys are going to come back a ton. Mainly okay. Gramp. Slowick, which is a uh, Nightingale. Ooh, he's my favorite. Mm-hmm, Nightingale. Pretty good. This other guy. Aksa, his name is Eilat. Okay. Rob a trailer truck carrying smuggled goods. They are stopped and arrested by the police. Slowick, aka Nightingale, is pissed off at the other members of the gang for this failure. This is going to be a large um, breaking up after this of the Pruskow gang. Okay. So after that, Gramps, just Gramp, Nightingale, and Eilat are fantastic nicknames. Yes. They kind of all sound like a new Pixar movie, you know? Yeah. Grampy's old. Nightingale. He yeah he has He's like black? night vision oh well, night yeah vision. I was okay. thinking night vision like he always sees things like That's that good. guy here's a cop like here's this one. yeah but eyelets eyelets how big and ugly are your eyelets gotta be for this to be yeah. a distinguishing factor I was like oh no he has eyes like me that like pop out of his head you have popped out eyes but you don't <laughs> large eyelets I feel like eyelets are these disgusting hanging things from your face oh those okay yeah so or like, is it like droop you know some people's like droop down like yeah that. either or disgusting yeah either or it's very polish <laughs> um eh, we don't need to go to the next joke didn't really make that much sense 1992 disagreements are continuously rising amongst the gangsters in the Pruskow gang they now split into two different criminal organizations the Pruskow gang and the Wallamon gang led one uh gramps leads uh Drizziad. Drizid mm-hmm. leads uh the Wallaman gang. 1992, smaller criminal organization called the Perishing Gang are incorporated in the Pruskow gang. Many notable gangsters join them. That's a lot like when big companies like Facebook uh, buy Instagram and LinkedIn like this. We see this a lot with bigger gangs. Right. September 1993, Masa, uh, in English that means muscles. Masa. Nice. I know. Goes to jail for the rape of a young waitress in a restaurant. Well, at least they cared a little bit back then. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's nice. cute. Yeah. Uh, he's going to get away with it. Yeah. I mean, if a man named Muscles rapes a woman while I'm eating at a restaurant, are you doing anything? You know, he's Muscles. Now, if Gramps rapes a woman while at a restaurant. I'm going to be like, hey, I'm knock a, it off, Gramps. I'm going to have know to do better. something to Gramps. Yeah. Naughty old man. Um, 1994, in March, a British police stop a Polish ship sailing from Venezuela to Poland by the UK. 
They find uh, 1,200 kilos of American South American cocaine on board. The Prus Cow Gang ordered the con- cargo. Question. Do you find shipping containers in their boats to kind of be cool and interesting? I mean, I think it is interesting that we still have to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I know we have planes and stuff, but it's like you can't be carrying all that shit. So, like, these boats, like, I don't know how long it takes them. Like, is it like 30 days to, like, go from, like, Venezuela to, like, Europe? It's got to be a long-ass time, right? I mean, it's got to be weeks, I would guess. Yeah. But I'm like, that's somebody's job is just to drive back and forth from Venezuela to fucking, you know, Europe. And you're like, what does the ocean even look like in those, like the middle of nothing? Have you ever been on a cruise or done a cruise? No, I've never been on a cruise. Um, I come from a cruise family. My dad was married on a cruise. I come from, I don't want to brag, but I come from a cruise family. Definitely not bragging. Heard of us. Um, But uh, my family likes cruises and I worked on them. uh, Oh, really? Did a stand up. It's oh, it's yeah, kind yeah. of a uh, the cruise. I mean, the giant ships are kind of like a little kingdom. Yeah. Like the captain runs it because a lot of times you're in international waters. So right. He is the god. Yeah. So and he, he has your safety. Is and he has in your his safety hands. as your probably your passport. He has everything that you're kind of fucked without that person. Right. And they they act like it from what I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah I I made fun of him, the cruise ship ga- captain, on my my stand up sets. And everybody was like, yo, no, no, no. Talk about abortion. Talk about rape. Talk about don't you dare. Dude, he called talk me a racist. Cats. Called you a racist because yeah. you made fun of him? Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. But like everyone, they when he compared to my management, they're like, well, we know you're not racist. I was like, I didn't say anything racist. Yeah. I was just kind of making fun of the guy because he was just it's always, I don't know, I just you know, oh, whatever. You're like, you're a boat fucking captain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Do you even drive this or is it like a button? Yeah. It's giant. It's like, why are you wearing a stupid outfit? Seriously. You're like, I have to say something. Yeah, you're not sir. going to war. You're you, serving fucking chow mein to 350 pound. Yeah, fe- you didn't get a pilot's license. So you're like, well, <laughs> I'll drive a boat. It's hard to hit something in the ocean. Right. Um, yeah, I always find shipping caners to be kind of eerie because I feel like I, I would love a show. You ever seen Storage Wars? Yeah. I would love for it if it was about shipping containers. Mm, like what's in them? Yeah, like, you know, you go to a shipping container, you all bid, you open up, it's a bunch of old TVs. The other one, dead Russian prostitutes. One after that, small, like, Nigerian family. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I would always assume that it's, like, that it's, like, steel or something. Like, it's, like, steel mm. or, like, I raw don't know. Raw materials or something? Yeah, like, raw materials. Like, I don't know if they're, like, but I guess, yeah, they have to bring cars over here and shit. It's ev- That's what I find so cool is that yeah. it's, like, a mixture of anything yeah like it's cars next to literally Could be like candles candles and then sex humans human trafficking is another one yeah things of cocaine and there's people on that ship that have got to know yeah what each one of these are for sure do you think people come trafficked over in containers yeah for sure really yeah damn that's, that's one of the ways you get the eastern europeans over here to be like prostitutes oh shit okay March 30th, 1994, a bomb explodes inside the Multi Pub in Warsaw. The pub belonged to one of the members of the Pruska gang, Wojcic Perodronski. No one was hurt, but the place was destroyed. April 17th, that same year, for almost two weeks later, 1994, five members of the Pruska gang are arrested by the police. They were preparing the assassination of Wariat, a.k.a. the Madman, a brother of Zed, the Gramps, and leader of the Walliman gang. In 1994, another bomb explosion in Warsaw, this time at the Escada restaurant, the place belonging to the same person, Wojcik Perdruski, who owned the multi-pub. So right now, the Walliman guys have blown up 
two of the Pruskov gang's buildings Damn. within two months. It reminds me of, uh, what's that show, Peaky Blinders? Yeah, it's yeah. a lot like Peaky Blinders. Well, what do you think a sadder place, Ireland or Poland? Poland? I think Ireland gets the reputation of being sadder, but it's kind of like Buffalo and Detroit. Like People are like, ooh, Detroit. And I'm like, we're right there, too. Okay? Yeah, is Buffalo pretty bad? Yeah, it's just like Detroit, where it's just like run down, like poor, like everything. Dead industrial cities. Yeah, from the exactly. So I think it's probably similar to that. Yeah, gray. It, I always picture Poland being very gray. Yeah, gray, just gloomy, yeah. dark. Big buildings that are all look the same. Yeah, things are on fire for no reason. <laughs> July 24th, 1994, a bomb explodes under a car of the perishing gang that joined the uh, Pruskow gang. So it's kind of another attack on them. So really right now, Pruskow is zero to three on uh, the Walliman gang. Mm-hmm. That same year in July, in August. So that was July. So from right now, we have March, April, May. June was cool. June, they were chilling. Yeah, it's probably yeah. the one good month in a Poland. A lot of weddings. A yeah. lot of weddings, a lot of borscht eating. Yeah, borscht. And then July, bomb, August 7th, in a bar, Uzbicha in Warsaw, Janusz Siklukrik, uh, the guy, Dinzig, his name's Bor, is murdered. He was a long-standing member of the Pruskow gang, and he managed a group of professional call car thieves from Ottawa City. So right now, Pruskow is getting their ass whooped. Yeah. They've done nothing in retaliation. Mm-mm. They're the old guard. The Walliman guys are trying to beat their ass. Okay. August 10th, 1994, almost three days later, 20 members of the Pruskow gang are temporarily arrested and questioned in Spotop, Sopot City, then released. Damn, so these guys are really getting their ass sweep right now, whooped by the uh, Walliman gang. Monterey, what's the worst you've ever been beat up? I was like, besides for like my dad or a <laughs> boyfriend? Not um. not an immediate <laughs> family. <laughs> Not anyone I dated. Okay. Uh, well, I lived in a really like rough part of the city. Like I'm from, I'm from like the hood of like mm-hmm. Buffalo, and so people used to get jumped like all the time, and uh, like people would come in like classrooms and like drag girls out. But I was funny and flat chested, so for whatever reason, a lot of girls like liked me. Mm-hmm. Like a Puerto Rican pepper in. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't know if you know pepper in is. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'd say like one of the worst ones was uh, senior year. So I went to this, um, we were at a carnival and this one girl that I was friends with was involved like in a, her boyfriend was involved like in a fight with like. Wait, you were working at a carnival? No, no, I wasn't working there. Thank God. I was just hanging out at the carnival. Yeah. And we were leaving. And so I lived in this uh, area where there was like a lot of Arabics and all the Arabics like ran together. And like, if you had a fight with one of them, you had to fight with all of them. Like they all, they were, you know, like a, like a little gang. And he got in an argument with one of them and we were like walking home and all of a sudden I just saw all these cars pull up, all these bikes, all these people running. So like all these different Yebanese boys just came like freaking from east, north, west, south. Mm. One had like a freaking mallet and they just started like attacking. They were kind of just pushing the girls out of the way because it was just all dudes. And then, but they hit like my one friend like over the head with a mallet, like busted his head open. They're just like jumping everybody, but they like, they weren't like punching or hitting Mm -hmm. me, but we were like trying to like get them off of like our guy friends. And so they're like elbowing us back or like whatever. Um, But it was like, yeah, this like giant scruffle and we had to go to the emergency room with my friend and he had to get like four staples like not even stitches his head was like completely like busted open and that was like literally the my high school graduation 
Damn. So one thing, mallets, <laughs> not often used. Yeah. I did enjoy that choice. Yeah. I was like, oh, we still have that? Yeah, he was like an like, old you take club. That f- yeah, <laughs> from the carnival? Like, was that from that fucking game? Like, where did Test you your get strength? that? Yeah. One guy comes with the water bo- the water <laughs> gun that blows up the thing, and one guy's just throwing one of those darts. ponies. Yeah, darts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, I also yeah. enjoy it that uh, Arabic people are fighting your area. Yeah, well, so so out here it's mostly like Persian and Armenian, but in like Buffalo, New York, it's a lot. It's like Saudi Arabia, Yemen. Um, those are like the two Saudi Arabia, Yemen, and like Afghanistan. Most people come from those countries. There are tons of like lovely people, like my stepdad, my brother's Arabic, my my brother's father's, you know, from Yemen or no, he was Saudi Arabian. Anyway, so it's like I have like a. He's gen- actually Saudi Arabian, but mm-hmm. not a real member. Because if you're actually Saudi Arabian, you're like a millionaire. Oh, no. He's just from, from the there. country. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That sucks. Because um, I was like, they're really he wasn't no rich. Yeah, yeah, they're really mean there. They won't allow people to be actually Saudi Arabian. Because uh, if you do, then you get a cut of the oil that they sell. Oh, God. Yeah, no. Um, But, yeah, so I have like a lot of, you know, I grew up in that community for sure. Like where the mosque was like down the street. But I ended up going to a different high school. Thank God. It was like a suburb high school, but I always used to hang out with all the kids that I grew up with, like in the city. And it was just there was always like wars, like the Puerto Rican kids were in fights with the Arabic kids and the Arabic kids are in fights with the black kids. Like and then the white kids never really stuck together. They just kind of would be like sprinkled about just like them whites. (laughs) Yeah, they never, you know. They never had their own like community, but it was like if you were friends with like all the Arabic kids, then you were like good because you're like, oh, they're on my side. Well, the Arabic kids were the strongest group of minorities. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. They were running shit. That's interesting. They were definitely, I would say, the weakest in my school. I mean, they weren't even thought of. of They were kind of just all nerds. Well, oh, but because they're yeah, I feel like Western, like, you know, West Coast, the there is a different group of like Arabics. It's like kind of like Canadians compared to Australians. You're like, you guys are just you're not the yeah. same. And you probably know? there wasn't enough of them to get together and do anything. So they like got jumped, like pushed in with like the Indian kids. And yeah, stuff like yeah, that. yeah. No, they were all like they were, you know, even when we were really young, like they were running like little candy sting operations where they would go to the candy store, buy all this shit and they would sell it to everybody. And yep. then they were the ones selling pagers and they were the ones selling the drug. Like they always, you know, then there was guns or whatever. I liked it all the way up into the gun. I mean, even <laughs> if you can sell a gun, get it, sell a gun. Yeah. Um, my worst ass beating. I have a few. But the one that came out right now is I remember it was my girlfriend's first year of her college um, prom, whatever the fuck they got up there. Mm -hmm. And so I was going. She was in a sorority. I was not. I was in City College. The girl you told me about on my podcast where it's like Katie Kelly and Krista. Like and she was like in that little. No, that was my high school girlfriend. Oh, okay. She was she went to Kansas. Got it. Leave me alone. There's not enough room right now. (laughs) Um, So we go to her prom. You know, one, I'm. I always kind of had this like underdog attitude. Yeah. Dealing with a bunch of guys who pay to be friends and fraternities and shit like that. Right. Kind of not being nice to everybody and just kind of staying on my own on the outside because I don't want to talk to these people. Yeah. And as we're leaving, my girlfriend, we're kind of just tension all night because I I didn't belong. Yeah. I shouldn't be here. I would have been fine if you went on your own. Yeah. When we get out there, we're arguing and she just starts talking shit this group of six people three girls three guys i guess they're at the party and she's like calling the women ugly she's never been like this before oh no like like kind of like talking to me 
but they're like just like you know three shrubs away because they're like yeah. in a garden or something. Like these fucking ugly bitches. You're I'm like, like, why are you doing that? Yes. No. I'm like, why are you doing? And now they all come. So I'm like, at this time, it was probably peak of my in shapeness. So I'm pretty jacked at the time, about two thirty five, pretty strong. Right. And there's three guys, three women. The three women are pretty small. Three guys are also pretty small. They're like five two. But still, it's just one of you. It's just one of me. Yeah, and one of her. Yeah, and one of her. So they come up and they're going to fight me and these three guys are going to fight me and I, I I do a lot of times if I'm think I'm going to get beat up I, I do a last <laughs> a last a heave last of uh, I say hey legally I have to tell you that my hands are registered weapons the <laughs> <laughs> every time I've done yeah. this if there's I'm about to get jumped so I'm like you guys can fight me but I want you to know this is a verbal contract that you're allowing the instigation of physical combat so oh when you go to court God. and I beat your ass it's like a Jean-Claude Van Damme Yeah, yeah, movie. Except, yeah. except I have no training. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing other than, you know. Like, I'm in, just drunk. Yeah, other, I'm very fucked up. I think on Molly. Oh and then God. other than me just kind of like, you know, I've been in probably 15, 17 fights in my life. Damn, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, i gotten a lot. Yeah. So then I'm fighting these guys, and I'm pretty drunk. I know I beat, I knew I was like, I'm just going to get one guy. Yeah. So I got one guy, picked him up, put him on the ground. I held this, and I just remember reaching back and punching this kid in the face as many yeah. times as I could as his friends are kicking me in the back. My girlfriend's getting pretty teed up at the time by these yeah. three girls because they're all the same size. Right. Then her friends finally come to pick us up. These guys run away. We get in the car, and then she goes, this guy I didn't like that. It was one of her friends. He was yeah. in the journey. His name was Natter. She goes, Natter would have beat them all up. You're like, bitch, how come you don't have to take responsibility? You shouldn't have got us in a fucking fight in the first place. It That was like the downfall of everything. Because normally she was pretty nice, but... Yeah, who who does that? I never... like. I mean, there's been times I accidentally got us in a giant brawl one time. Not my, my brother and my mom's boyfriend. We got away pretty good. But because this guy was being a piece of shit and I was thinking, you know, I'm so used to living in Los Angeles mm. where we have bouncers yeah. and like security. <laughs> and this guy was like calling my brother the N word. And my brother, my brother's complexion is probably a little bit darker than mine. Cause he's, you know, half Arabic, but he's like, he starts calling my brother the N word. And I'm like, what the fuck? And yeah. so I'm like, thinking security's gonna come and i'm like shut the fuck up you piece of shit and yeah, my yeah. brother's like dude we're in the outskirts of buffalo new york like walk away walk away like, I'm like, no, no, no. just give it a couple minutes someone's gonna yeah, come security is on their way and he's like monterey no and then these like local hicks just literally like start like coming at us like they jump onto my sister's car they're trying to punch through the windshield they're all men to, or women all men yeah oh, there was God. girls but like me the girls just like wrestled for a second because they were trying these guys were trying to like jump my brother so i was like literally hold me and my brother's girlfriend were just like holding on to the guy so he like couldn't like swing mm-hmm. at my brother and I was like, I'm going to have to jump over this bar, take these liquor bottles and just start bashing yeah. them over people's heads. Yeah. And so there was like me, my mom, my my uh, my mom's boyfriend. And then we have like two friends, my brother and his girlfriend. But there's like 10 of them. And most of their friends are just trying to break it up. But then like we're like we're like, we got to get out of here. And I go to get my credit card from the bar. And the guy goes, I was like, can I can I have my card? And he's like, get out of here, you spick. Because they had my car, you saw him like my last. I was like, where are we right now? Like, this is literally like a half hour, a half hour outside of Buffalo where it's like, but it was like very like, I thought I was like in the middle of like Alabama. And I'm like, 
Keep going. It's your oh, story. Oh, yeah. No, but I was just like, so when we get into the car, literally these guys start jumping onto the, like I said, trying to punch through the windshield. The one guy opens the backseat of the car door, trying to pull my brother out. My brother's girlfriend has to, like, take her shoe off, and she's, like, hitting the guy, like, over the head. We're driving. There's, like, no street lights. There's, like, no fucking, like, stop sign. Like, there's just, like, this boondock road. And they're chasing us. So I have to They're be driving a, after yeah, you? Yeah, they're literally oh driving these God. giant fucking like trucks. like a movie. Yes, with like a Confederate flag mm-hmm. on the wall. And I was like, what is happening? So I'm like, I make my brother. We call 911. I was like, I don't even know what the fuck to do. And they like are leading us to a police station. And it's like 10 miles away. Mm-hmm. And we're like, so like we ended up like being okay. But I'm like, all because some guy literally just called my brother the n-works my brother goes hey did i leave a pack of american spirits over here and he goes we don't i'm gonna say digger but he's like we don't smoke we don't smoke no digger brands and we're like black people smoke newports yeah black people don't speak american cigarettes. Yeah. Amer- american spirits are like white hipster cigarettes. That, that's literally what my brother is a yeah. hipster and so we're like the fuck and then they just start calling the n-word and i was like security yeah. hello <laughs> they weren't there um, you're like, don't worry, the security's right behind me. It's just more of the same guys. Yeah, you're like, Fuck! totally. Yeah, I just like forget that I'm like, oh, that was an important lesson to like always know your environment and your surroundings. Like, not everybody is on the same page as you, and when you're in their little town, they will make it known that they run they run the city. Well, it's New York is so funny because it's like I never knew this either. I did a tour of New York. I did a, I did a bunch of I think two weeks in the city. For, for only, first and only time I've ever been there. And then I did a week on the road in Upper New York. Yeah, and it is fucking hick, and people it's have hick. weird accents, and they're yep. ugly, and <laughs> and they're weird, girthy, girthy, yeah, thick women. Totally, everybody's like an alcoholic, yep. and it's just it's okay to be an alcoholic there because it's winter eight months out of the year, and it's fucking cold, it's cold, depressing. Yeah, bills lose everything. It's it sucked. Yeah, like there's like the city part of Buffalo where it's like city where it's like hood. And then outside, and then it's like suburb, like preppy, like Abercrombie mm-hmm. Hollister. And then everything off of that, it's straight up hick. Everybody's wearing hunting gear. Yeah. Like there's no, you know, there's like one street light in the whole entire town. It, but that's where my mom lives. Like there's literally one street light. And to get to her street, you have to drive down. It's not a street, it's a pathway. It's yeah. a, you have to go a mile into the woods on a dirt pathway. She can't even get internet. Like, Jesus. Yeah. And she's trying to stay away from what law agency? <laughs> all of them. In, yeah. All of them, yeah. There's a small hut in the m- northern yeah. Alaska. Yeah. All right. February 1995, an assassination attempt on Zygmunt Raziak, a.k.a. Bolo, a member of the Pruskow gang. A bomb exploded inside his apartment. Nine flats, that means uh, apartments, were destroyed. Yeah. And several others were heavily damaged. A side of the building was gone on three out of the 12 Damn. floors. Um, that same year, uh, about two weeks later, a successful bomb assassination of Kreslaw Kaminsky, Serber, his name is Serber, and Jerry or Jersey Malazwinski. Both were members of the Wallman gang. A bomb was tied to the door handle of Kaminsky's home, and it was activated by opening the door. A couple things here. Finally, uh, the, those Pruskow guys are getting on the board. Getting back, they yeah. They did something. A lot of bombs, Poland. Yeah, a lot of bombs. I'm like, it's a little bomb heavy. Yeah. You're like, dude, just shoot people. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because so many imagine like having rent control in that building and you're like, oh, my God, finally. (laughs) And then it's like you (laughs) you get bombed. You're like, dude, come on. I guess I can just have one side of my building open. Kind of an open air thing. (laughs) Seriously. Okay, finally, Pruskow getting one point on the board. Good job. 
Honestly, though, you'll use one bomb once and kill two dudes. The other guys can't hit shit. Seems like bombs are being used a lot. If you were going to assassinate someone, how would you do it? You know, you mm. got the you got the up close and personal knife. Yeah. You got. A it depends if things. I was contracted to assassinate them. Contract. Or, okay. It's not someone you know. Okay, not someone I know. Then I would want to do it like the cleanest, easiest way possible. So I'd want to snipe because. Really? Yeah, because I don't want to. I don't want to see their face. I don't want to like you know hear them breathing. Mm. I don't want to like look have, into their eyes. Yeah, have die. to struggle like wrestle with them mm. or whatever. But if it's someone I know, it's going to be personal. But if it's a contract, I'm like, let's just keep this business transactional. You have a very poison energy to you. Has anyone ever said that to you? Like, I feel like you'd poison someone. Oh, if it's someone I know? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, if it was like an abuser or somebody, it's like, yeah, I got to do something a little bit more like vindictive mm-hmm. back to you. I love like revenge is like Kill Bill is like my favorite movie. I'm like a girl who's skinny, who kills everybody <laughs> who fucked her over. I'm like, that's my hero. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I love I love revenge. Um, so if someone fucked me over, I don't know if poison seems good. Like if I can't defend myself and I'm like, fuck, I have to get out of this and I have to do it safely, then I would poison someone for sure. But if they're fucking me over, I'm like, I, I want you to know that I know that I killed you. Wow. I like that one. Yeah, I could definitely I've just thought about that. I could definitely see you like when they do like one of those like uh, ID channel. Where yeah. It's like this woman. It's like you a pretty picture. And then you do your mugshot and you're like hair is all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I would go. I You know what? The Russians have been doing this one in Russians. When you don't do shady shit, it's always pretty good. Yeah. They do this one where it's like a, a, you die of radiation poisoning. Mm. So it's almost like a dart that you don't even know happens. And it's like a little bit of radiation inside you. Damn. And then you die of like heavy cancers and stuff like that. Wow. So go do something like that. Okay. The shooting one, I like the shoot. I might do the, you know, just silencer on a pistol, walk up, shoot someone a couple times and walk out. Yeah. I do think that is hard to find. Yes. There's something about us tonight because it's like, it's kind of like a talent. Like if you could hit somebody yeah. from that far. But you're you're going like, to have to be good at it though if yeah. you want to do it. But I, I feel like I could be good at it. Yeah. And I'm competitive where I'm like, damn, from 80 feet, I just fucking did that shit. That would be cool. Yeah. It does seem like a cheat code. Yeah. July 1995, after two years in jail. Sorry if that burp hits you. <laughs> no, it was fucking fine. all breakfast burrito. <laughs> That's Bur- been your thing now, breakfast burrito. Yeah, huh? well, th- I went out and uh, I'm just such a good boyfriend. Jordan <laughs> said that she likes uh, just one thing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go make her this one type of breakfast burrito. So then I went to... The East East L.A., not the East Side, like mm-hmm. East L.A. And then I went to this Tortilleria. And yeah. I got these sick-ass tortillas, and then I made these things. And then so I've just been eating them now. So, I mean, that's a good thing to get addicted to. Yeah, it's not bad. 1995, after two years in jail, Masa, a.k.a. A- 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 Muscles, is set free. He was the raper, the mm. raper oh, in yeah. the restaurant. Masa was acquitted by the court because a woman he raped th- withdrew her testimony. testimony. Immediately, he joins the... Rampalka gang, which is a subset of the Pruskow boys. Well, that seems n- normal. You know, a woman who was raped later taking it back. Right. That's a joke, saying he definitely. That's a fucked. joke, see? Yeah, he definitely uh, raped her, and then somebody paid her or bribed her, and yes. she was like, just kidding, I yeah. got confused. Sounds like a great guy. Yeah. July 7th, 1995. Kreslaw Borowski, Dziki, a.k.a. Wild Man, we've heard of him before, mm-hmm. a Pruskow gang member, is sentenced to four years after hijacking, hijacking a trailer truck with a cargo of cigarettes. Ron Taylor. Ron Taylor. 
I'll call him later too. Why is he calling me? That man never calls me. That's why I was like, it's always funny when you're around comics. I was like, like kind of like looking. I'm oh, like, yeah. okay, what comics does he talk to all the time? That's, this is like, for avails. Oh, okay. Um, you so will. Do you have a T in my goddamn name, Steven? I used to. I know it's Monterey. Okay. Yeah, I know that it's was, Monterey. This was one, f- I think, from a long yeah, time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know it's Monterey. But um, it's always funny. I'm like, because everyone, every comic has like an orbit of their main comics that they like talk to. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm like, so I was just like, okay, Quincy Week, is that in his orbit? But I was like, I've never seen him. And then like Ron Taylor called you and somebody else. But it's always interesting to see, you know. Yeah. What? Um, Ron is in my lexicon, but he's kind of like a. Like a rolling tumbleweed, you know. Yeah. He's not really Ron is a Ron is a loose, free spirit. You're like, you don't know when he's coming. You don't know if he's there. You don't know. Like you're like, oh, Ron's like that time, and yeah. when we're like, oh, Ron's here. Where is he? Oh, uh, the party. He's in the van. Yeah, he's in you're the oh. like, <laughs> when we took mushroom van. those van yeah. trips. It was fun. So he uh, he's got four years for hijacking a trailer truck full of cargo of cigarettes what's one thing like you know you're walking down uh, somewhere and you see a truck with keys in it running what would it have to be filled with for you to want to steal it keep in mind you might want to sell this stuff too. right well that automatically reminds me of goodfellas mm-hmm. like that cigarettes, scene yeah. yeah the cigarettes and they pay off the guy um for me like i would think if i'm like Okay, what can I sell that I don't think people would be like looking for or coming for me? Good point. I think it would be wedding dresses. Wow. Because everybody needs wedding dresses. It's mm-hmm. so expensive. It's such mm-hmm. a huge fucking market. But if I'm the person, they're like, dude, you give her a couple hundred bucks and you get these dresses and they're s- she's only selling them for a couple hundred bucks versus $5,000, blah, 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 blah. But I could make you know, I got that whole entire inventory yeah. for free. So it's like I could make sure. really good money mm-hmm. and, you know, people, it's not cocaine or s- alcohol yeah. where people would be like, no, we like need to like find out where this truck went. No, that's a good one. I remember, I think Sopranos, they were stealing Italian suits and it's like mm. someone right. came up to me and, you know, I would st- I'd buy in a stolen suit. Yeah. Sounds kind of great. Totally. Um, August 1995, the Pershing gang is charged with buying a stolen car, using forged documents, and extorting over 40k USD from local businessmen. If you don't know, extortion is when you pay someone to not kill, for them not to kill you, be you or destroy your business. Got it. September 4th, 1995, during a wild booze-filled home party in Warsaw, two Pruskow gangsters start to fight. Budzik, aka Alarm Clock, shoots another gangster, killing him on the spot. Budzik is charged in murder and goes to jail, where he stays to this day. Though I gotta say, uh, I bet alarm clock deserved to be killed. Right, he's just like waking people up at six a.m. with like the weird ringtone. Yeah, or is he? D- or is he like the annoying guy who's just always like, I have to. We have to be somewhere. We have to be mm-hmm. here. We have to be here. That it's like, oh, he's just really responsible, and yeah. that's why they're calling him alarm clock. Or is he just loud and obnoxious? And they're like, oh, my God, dude, you sound like a fucking alarm, alarm clock. It's definitely not. It's definitely a bad nickname to have. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So let's try and see if we can think of a bad nickname to have or anyone that you've ever known to have a bad nickname. <laughs> Me first. Eyelets. Still disgusting. Eyelets. Yeah, still disgusting. Um, I've heard of like people like there was a guy at a bar I used to work at. We used to call him Spicy Fingers because he hooked up with another bartender and we were cutting jalapenos and he started like fingering her like they were like in the cooler or whatever mm-hmm. and then she had to leave work because her vagina started <laughs> burning so bad to where it was like she was like crying and so we called him spicy fingers and he just never 
<laughs> that one's good. And I've uh, done that before. Wait, if you cut jalapenos, then finger to grill? Ate hot wings. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then didn't wash your hands. Yeah, I didn't wash them enough. I kind of <laughs> just licked them. <laughs> I was like, hey, it's a hot wing dick, right? We're going to be fine. No, it was not fine. Wait, was she like, what the fuck? Yeah, my but I think I licked my hands clean enough to where it was just like a un- unfun sensation. No, actually, yeah. I think that's happened a couple times. I always make that's like one of my things where like say like if I'm dating someone and they just come home I'm like can you please wash your hands before you that's touch me one. like you know you went pumped gas or yeah. like whatever I'm like just wash your fucking hands and they're like it's fun and I'm like no like it's going inside of me yeah I'm like this is <laughs> body parts come on I definitely have done the uh, I've done it to myself with to do it if you're a guy it's not really easy you got have a very hot pepper but I was doing uh, habaneros. And I touched my, uh, it was when I was doing a bunch of Mexican stuff, like chilies and stuff. Yeah. And, and I touched my balls. And those things, I guess they suck up stuff. And yeah. Oh. And they just look burning, excruciating. Yeah. I'm just like lying on the floor in my old yeah. apartment. I've stuff. done that with like essential oils or like spiritual stuff. Like people always tell me, they're like, Monterey, do you smoke like some type of hippie cigarette? I'm like, no, it's like sage in my hair. Mm-hmm. Like. I literally, like, half my clothes, like, reek of sage. Because one time I almost started my apartment on fire because I took a nap. And I, like, let the sage, like, run. But then it was, like, windy. So it just kept, like, kicking up. And then I woke up and my whole entire house was, like, it looked like I burned, like, waffles for, like, four hours. Oh, yeah, like, it was on? It was just, sm- and then, like, the it's whole. It's smolder, too. It doesn't, it lasts for No, a long it lasts time. forever. My roommate was, like, dude, for real, can you, like, relax with your witchcraft? And I'm, like. But there's no spirits. <laughs> You'd be able to see them in the immense smoke. They'd be floating <laughs> yeah, around. Exactly. My cousin, we went to a uh, a sauna, and it was like one of his first ones, a wet one. Yeah. So apparently there's like this bar in there that you can squeeze this um, sponge on it, and then that will steam up, and it's a eucalyptus. Mm. My cousin didn't know that. He took the sponge and put it in his eyes. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. And he fell naked onto the... <laughs> onto the ground screaming yeah and i picked him up and i just thought i'm gonna go run to the pool and kind of like throw him throw in the him pool in, yeah and then i ran <laughs> through my naked cousin into the pool <laughs> as he's screaming <laughs> that is so uh, funny just you na- were you naked too trying to pull this man no i think i had i think i was at the i'm still don't like to be naked that often yeah <laughs> even I in those still ones don't, yeah. so like i think i had like a towel on or some oh shorts. that's amazing September 20th, 1995. 1995 is a big year for these guys. The police find a big amphetamine line belonging to the Pruskow gang in a small village near Warsaw. Several people are arrested. October 30th, 1995. Cesare Zruzis, G-R-E-S-Z, one of the witnesses at the Pershing court case, is gunned down from a machine gun. A few weeks before, his father, Jacek Duras, was murdered probably as a warning. So essentially this guy who was just like, you know, the woman who was raped. Right. Uh, he was said, hey, man, we're going to kill your dad if you don't uh, cooperate. Then they killed his dad. Okay. And then uh, he still wouldn't cooperate. And then they killed him. I mean, it's the day before Halloween. So it's like they could just be being festive. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to do something to celebrate. Good news is Pershing still went to jail for four years. I guess Pershing is a guy and not a gang. I don't really uh, understand okay. that part. I think he was the runner of the gang, the main guy. All right, a year later, it's fe- February 19th, 1996, in the c- city center of Pruskow City, Wozich Kilbinski, a.k.a. Kilbasa, is shot dead. Perpetrators were never identified. November 22nd, 1996, the police arrests a group of people accused of shooting a, at a Marco Cash supermarket and, quote, terrorizing police patrols. December 1996, on the 18th, another assassination team 
at the Wallman gang leader Wariat, a.k.a. Madman. His car was attacked with a machine gun on a road. He was barely alive, however, despite being injured, he decided to chase the perpetrators together with his bodyguard and driver, Paul Deck. They managed to identify the attacker's car as belonging to the Pruskow gang member Malinzna. Next month, uh, a frozen body of Poldek was found in the trunk of his own car, which was ba- abandoned in a parking lot in Warsaw. Mm. So essentially, um, the Pruskow guys wanted to go attack uh, Madman. Yep. When they did, they shot up his car. They didn't kill him. They drove away. And then Madman and Poldek went and chased them. And then the next month, uh, what had happened was the Polskow guys got the body driver and bodyguard, froze him solid. Wait, why why would they do that? Like, is it like I think it's just a really weird thing to do to somebody. Yeah, they're like, this is for fun. Or yeah, it's fun and a message. Yeah. And then they left him in a car, and someone found a frozen dead man. Damn. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 1997, uh, the gang Maltanato, aka the Gang of Mutants, is created in Warsaw. They start by giving protection to their leaders' businesses. J.K. Malars, uh, a.k.a. the painter, sold illegal spirits and did some extortions. He had some ties to the Wallman gang, but never been a member. So this new gang's coming, and this is going to be the fall of... Actually, we've got quite a long time more. It's going to be now the fall of the Pruskow guys. And then we're going to go into some stuff a little bit deeper. Got it. I heard art is, like, one of the biggest ways that people, like, launder money. Probably like art dealing because it's like you could just be like, oh, this painting's, you know, worth five million dollars because you could like make your own price. But it's like you can't launder, you know, if it's like cars or something because it's like it's a set like price. Like we know like cars can be from this amount to this amount. But like with because because whenever I hear I'm like, who buys an art deals? I'm like, there's no like nobody's buying art except for some written. I'm like, oh, no, they're like no art dealers and stuff like they're really like a lot of them are laundering money. I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah. Like I gotta start hanging out with like art people now. I'm I like, know you always think they're not. No, I guess art. I don't know. They're probably pretentious. Yeah, but I'm like, there's some like gangsters. Yeah, there's involved. some guy in there. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So, um, the guy who created the Gang of Mutants in December 11th, 1997, uh, the painter shot dead in front of his home by unknown assailants. The Gang of Mutants loses the leader. Um, s- the soldiers of the Pruskow gang round up some of the mutants and brutally beat them and slash them using knives. The yeah. mutants promise bloody revenge. February. Yeah, what you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, I mean, if people are slashing do. your face, you gotta do whatever you can do. Yeah. Okay. February 1998 on the 6th, uh, they finally assassinate Wariat, which is the madman. June 1998, a bloody gang fight between the Pruskow and other gangs in the region of Kalina Gora. Dozens of people are killed in shootouts. June, fi- June 25th, 1998, a former Polish chief of police. General Merrick Papala is shot dead by an unknown assailant while leaving his car. To this day, the murder remains unsolved and is one of the biggest Polish true crime mysteries. Dude, you're killing police chiefs now? Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's I pretty mean, not cool, but like... That's pretty ballsy. Yeah, you're stepping up, you know? Yeah, you're like, okay, we're going to take this like underground crime family to like another level, which is like, you know, people have goals and good for you for Or if you put that them. a dead prison chief on his uh, vision board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's pretty interesting to say from the early 80s to now, these guys are bumping up into a full-fledged, full-fledged fucked-up gang. Right. Have you ever done something you knew was going to come back to you and haunt you? Uh, I mean, I definitely believe in karma, so I've definitely done things when I was younger. Like, I remember one time this girl, she fucked 
my friend's boyfriend. And then so in the middle of the night, us three went and slashed her car tires, which I regret. It was a long time ago. I was literally like 17 yeah. or something. Uh, but like literally when I, you know, it might have been like a couple weeks later, I got two flat tires like drive it. And I was like, so I was just like, OK, like just we don't need to be doing that. But, yeah, there's definitely times where I'm like I've had you know, relationship with someone who had a girl. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that, but I've done it before. We all have. Um, you're like, no, we haven't. I have done, definitely done a few. Yeah. But I can't, you know, I definitely believe in uh, karma too. Like I, I feel, feel like it's in the sense of almost uh, definitely I, if things are going too good, I always know something's going to go bad. Yeah. And I kind of always hope that when things are going bad, something good comes up. For sure. I, I think that's karma, though. Well, karma is also like people think it means just like whatever you do comes back yeah. to you. It's your intent. Like, say you had say you dated someone who had a boyfriend. If your intent is like, dude, like her and I have a really good relate or like really good time together to where we had such good chemistry that, you know, I had a weekend moment versus like you're not purposely trying to fuck that guy over. You're not like, you know what, dude, I don't like you. So I'm going to go fuck your girlfriend. Yeah. Your intent was you liked this girl and you just had such a good time. Like I've never purposely hurt another woman. Like it, I was just with someone who I really liked. And then he didn't tell me at first that he had a girlfriend. And then, you know, our sexual chemistry was just, you know, it was uh, undeniable. Yeah. yeah. To where you're like, fuck. And then after you're like, no, 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 no. I know after always sucks. But yeah. that beginning in the middle of what's oh happening is pretty you're good. Like, yeah, for sure. You're like, why don't I do this all the time? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't I just go after everybody's <laughs> boyfriend? Come on. This is fun. May 31st, 1999. Five high-profile high members of the Wallman gang are gunned down inside a gamma restaurant in Warsaw by an ex-Pruskow gangster. So Pruskow is coming back pretty hard on these guys. Yeah. And they're pretty much eliminating most of them. 1999 in May, Dizyad, a.k.a. Gramps, faces a trial. He's charged with controlling an organized criminal group. He's sentenced to life in prison and still there this day. Wow. Kind of proud of Gramps, though, man. He's yeah. kind of made it a long time. He's still around. Still around. I mean, 1999, so. Everybody was getting murdered and Gramps was, like, staying out of it. Yeah, just k- crushing it. Maybe getting shit. arrested was, like. Like the safest bet mm-hmm. for him, you know. Poor fella. When he went to an old people's home or something. <laughs> I wish him the best. I wish him the best, cutie. December nineteen ninety nine. Perishing is shot dead in Zacapone City. Professional hitman Rizyard Bogukik. B O G U C K I and Rizyard Nimik N I E M C Z Y K are charged with the murder. They were hired by Wallaman gang members Malazina. So they're getting back. Perishing guy's gonna get in trouble. He's dead now. October 24th, 1999. The Gang of Mutants come back to, comes back to life. Former anti-terrorism officer Fraggles becomes their new leader. They do a brutal robbery in a small currency exchange office, killing the owner and an innocent watchmaker who had his office next door. Investigation year, years later revealed that they were hired by a woman who used to work there at the place but was fired by the owner, and she wanted revenge for the robbery. She didn't want people to die. Right. Monterey, is there a business or a person that you would have wanted to have revenge on? Mm, the person that I, or I don't know this person personally, but whoever invented the credit report. 
Mm. I feel like they need to be murdered because I'm like you, cause even when you get your finances like in order or whatever, it's like you permanently have that mark on you that you can't get rid of. And it affects when you try to get a car, when you try to get an apartment, when you try to like get a credit card, like for years I was like, dude, I made one fucking mistake. I let a girlfriend get an abortion on my credit card and then I didn't pay it, whatever. Cause she was supposed to pay me back and then she never did. Um, and then so she goes like, away after 10 years. Yeah, after 10 years. But I'm saying, but during that 10 years, I moved to California. I mean, oh, I moved to California yeah. a year after she got an abortion on my credit card. And my and so, like, when I was trying to get a car, when I was trying to get an apartment, when I was trying to get a credit card. So, like, I all the times when I was so broke in Los Angeles, like, had no money or, like, anything. Like, I, I couldn't even get a credit card. So, I could at least, like, pay for food. And I'm like, I had to live in my fucking car. I'm like, if I could have had a credit card or credit cards to live off of or whatever to, like, help me out. But I'm like, yeah, like once you make a mistake like that, they just want to track you forever. Like you're a poor person mm-hmm. and you can never like bounce back. And so that person needs to be shot in the fucking head. Those are interesting. I mean, and L.A.'s interesting, too, because there's a lot of times they're like for. Uh, like, it's so hard to get to get an apartment here when you don't have a job or good credit. But it's like if everyone's trying to be an actor, how do people always. Right. But I had a job. That was the whole thing. It's like, dude, like I've always had a job and I'm like, I could show that like I'm making like money, but it's like even the times like when I was making very good money, my credit was still fucked that like I had to have a cosigner or what I'm like, dude, like I'm making like at one point I was like, I was making to me, this is a lot of money. I was making like six grand a month. I'm like, I can afford this. Yeah. Like, give me this fucking I'm the richest car. Person I've ever met. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I hang out with millionaires yeah. now. $6,000 a month. Are you serious? Of wads of cash. Yeah. Avocado on everything. <laughs> Let's go. Put it in my drinks. Yeah. And so I'm like, they, I still had a hard time getting, and I was like, Jesus Christ, when does this end? But yeah, credit, credit will, will, they'll come for you until you have to like rebuild it, which you have to get credit cards to rebuild yes. it. And you're like, it's just, yeah. That one is hard. I somehow have actually very good credit, but really? just because I, yeah. I'm like, really? Yeah, it's like 805, I think. Wow, good for but you. But I got it because I got a credit card and I would just, I'd, I, I, I'm pretty good at setting limits for myself. So my credit card yeah. never really went over 500 bucks. Oh, uh, okay. So it's like at any moment I could kind of get it back. Yeah. And then, I don't know. Yeah. And you just don't ever have, yeah, that's smart. I'm building mine now, but I'm like, yeah, it was fucked for a while. December 31st, 1999, Masa, a.k.a. Muscles, remember him, is again arrested and charged with extortions. Um, About, uh, what is that? Uh, pretty long, about seven or eight months later, uh, on the 10th of August, 2000, Masa Muscles flips and is put under a witness security program. He, is, he becomes one of the most famous Polish flipping gangsters. With his help, state prosecutors catch all wow. other members of the Pruskow gang. So he was a rat. He was a fucking raping Rat. rat. Right. Raping jury, not jury tampering, but witness tampering fucking rat. Yeah. This man is a piece of shit. That guy, he would never last in prison. No, he's, I mean, maybe the Polish, I don't know. Oh, he's got, he can't, yeah, he can't. He's going to witness security. Right. Ugh. But usually, like, if you rape or if you're a rat, yeah, like, you're right. yeah, you're, like, done. Um. So that means that gang, the Pruskow gang, is done altogether. About a month later, September 23rd, 2000, the gang of mutants try to kill Andres S. Kakir. He's a gangster tied to another na- group called the Grupa Marcoska. He left prison on parole and was driving to his home when mutants drove up next to him and started shooting, injuring him and his wife as well as a few unrelated people in other cars. Kakir ends up in a hospital heavily wounded. 
October 20th, 2000, one of the mutants comes to the hospital dressed as a Catholic priest and kills Kakir in his bed using a pistol with a silencer. So, Damn. coolest thing you've ever heard? Yeah. a pre- Like, just, like, s- imagining, like, the clash of contrasts of just, like, w- watching a priest carry a gun. I'm like, it's really good visual imagery. I'm like, that kind of yeah, looks cool. Yeah, it's fucking cool. sick. Yeah. It seems like a... Like a Telemundo episode yeah, or something. Yeah, I could see it in some cool movie. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Fucking cool, man. Yeah. So smart. Uh, April 12th, 2001, a former minister of sports, Jacek Dabisky, is murdered by a professional hitman connected to the Pruskow gang, or what's left. January 23rd, 2002, Skin Hunter scandal. This is going to be a big one that we're going to go into a little bit later. Okay. Uh, journalists of Gretzka Warboksa. Uncover, it's a ma- it's a magazine, a newspaper. Okay. Uncover an illegal and organized operation inside the emergency departments in Lod City. So this is like a government-ran thing. God. Paramedics transporting injured or dead people were giving unofficial information to local funeral homes in exchange for money. Wait, the business what? was so l- lucrative that paramedics even started to kill people in the ambulances. They expect around 200 people, five or for sure. So what happened is these guys were kind of letting people die and then selling them off to the funeral homes that the funeral homes would give them money and then the funeral homes would get money from, you know, the families to run these things. Wow. And people believe there was around 200 people that these, uh, these guys were killing. And we'll say how that comes up later, how they start Sam. Yeah, that's pretty insane. Guys, Jesus. March 23rd, 2002, police officers and customs officials find a suspicious trailer truck in front of a home. After checking it, they found a number of stolen TVs worth around about a million PLN. Still a lot, probably hundreds of thousands of USD. Within several minutes, the armed mutants drove to the place and tried to take back their truck from police. No one does that here. No no. one does that in America. In a shootout, several gangsters were injured and one high-ranking police officer died. This marks a moment when the police started to take seriously and hit them hard. 2003, about a year later, police enter the home of Fraggles and try to arrest him. In a shootout, Fraggles dies. Fraggles is the guy who created the Gang of Mutants. Last but not least, March 5th, 2003, the Magdalenka shootout. The biggest police shootout in Polish history where considerable police force stormed a villa belonging to remaining members of the Mutants gangs. The gangsters were prepared and created traps for the police officers. In the end, two anti-terrorists got killed, two gangsters died, and over 17 police officers were murdered or injured. Damn. So that is the timeline. Do you have more time enough for the rest? Yeah. Okay, cool. So we're back. We're going to go a deep dive in the Cow gang. So we're going to see pretty much into there. Feel free to jump in. This one's a little more talky and... Uh, okay. Please just jump in if you got anything to make fun or any questions. Yeah. Over. A sudden shift in the country's economy caused vast chaos, which opened new opportunities for people dreaming of getting rich by legal or illegal means. People who created the Prescow Gang, one of the most infamous Polish criminal organizations, used to be petty criminals, small-time car thieves, smugglers, foreign currency de- dealers. Oh, that was what concurrencies were, or the mm. foreign security uh, foreign currency dealers it all started in a small town nearby the capital city warsaw the original team consisted of only three people damn barbara's um, umbrella and shutter those people's guys name were <sighs> umbrella like what it, when it rains it pours or like maybe he like he was like the guy get under my umbrella and yeah I'll and i'll take care of you yeah or he was just a huge fan of rihanna we don't really <laughs> yeah, know we don't know but soon after other local criminals joined like wonka Malinza, Slowick, Kurzigs, Bolo, and Sechga. Nightingale came back. Nightingale, Slowick was Nightingale. Oh, okay. 
Um, here's a little disclaimer. According to Polish law, the full names of accused and charged people shouldn't be disclosed by the media. That's why many surnames are shortened. Only the first letter of their true identity isn't publicly known. But obviously, some were leaked to the media anyway. You're like, you just aren't giving the full names because you guys don't know how to spell or say <laughs> them either. Like, I would I wish I'd known that from before. I would have been like, P. Dot Bolo. Yeah, man. yeah, totally. The people mentioned above were in charge, but over 50 people initially formed Pruskow Gang from the top board to the lowest streets, shoulders, and muscles. Besides that, many people weren't formally within the structure, but cooperated and had friendly relations with the gang. So at first, they were similar to any other game in communist in the communist era. Smuggling goods, stealing cars, but didn't last long. They grew in number and have seen many opportunities due to extensive economic freedom, so extortion started. Ordinary folk in the 90s opened small private businesses, so gangs uh, started extorting money of them for protection. So once the economy opened back up to not being communism, people are starting to sh- starting to start businesses, yeah. and these guys are taking advantage of that. Okay. They quickly entered the drug trade, importing illegal substances from abroad and setting up some local labs in Poland. Especially amphetamine was in high demand. Their hunger for money and power grew and grew, finally engaging with contract-killing businesses. So, Monterey, if you're going to start a little gang right now, mm-hmm. what's kind of going to be your uh, go-to crime that you guys are going to do? Like, these guys were kind of doing cars mainly. What yeah, like, if I... I think I would operate like from a female standpoint because I feel like we don't really have that. Like you know that. what I mean? So I would do something where it's like any woman who's like been, you know, like raped or abused, like we assassinate them. The woman or the rapist? The women. Oh, no. Like we're assassinating the for the women who were oh, like, raped. Oh, what a weird, sad crime. You're like, anyone who's raped, we kill them. We kill you. Okay. <laughs> Only you don't get I, raped. Yeah. It's <laughs> Only me. I, it's like a Highlander. <laughs> Only I shall be raped. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, because like so many women like want revenge and it's like you might you can't always do it in the court case. So it's like then all these other rapists are going to be like, damn, like they're Mm -hmm. these guys are getting murdered. And we put the fear, you know, in their hearts where it's like, you know, if I rape this girl like these, I heard this bra, you know, Mm -hmm. this assassin. It's like Dexter. Yeah. You ever seen Dexter? Totally. Where he murdered other people. And yeah. You but we're going to murder them. See, that's the whole thing we're going to do different. Instead of with guns, we're going to do it with witchcraft so you can't trace us back. Oh, wow. Okay. I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're killing with uh, magic. So magic. one, we're proving that magic is real. Yeah. And then two, you can't DNA. Give me, yeah, there are no fingerprints. Yeah, what the fuck no. are you talking about? What, I fucked up his cheese? Get out of here. Yeah. Or cheese. Exactly. Like every legit mafia, they corrupted several politicians and many police officers. The relations with politicians is difficult to follow, and only a few cases were officially confirmed. Still, there are circumstantial clues like photos of known gangsters with many politicians and well-known business people. Some gangsters donated money to different... So that's the thing about back then. You always see kind of like a a picture with like a bunch of like criminals with people like that. Like nowadays, I understand, you know, if you caught a picture of me with like some drug dealer but back then you just find that one picture and get rid of it yeah you're like it's not yeah it's not hard to just like in your narrative yeah because and i'm sure too back then it's like who's printing the photos like (laughs) you only have one and it's like but who knows like maybe you could go back to the pharmacy talk to the person who printed the photo you know what i mean so they probably did throw out the photo yeah but these detectives are like okay well i'm just gonna go to the photo print lab talk to the guy give him some money go to the old record so it's like Mm. maybe they did try yeah some gangsters donated money to different organizations and initiatives in exchange for their will to choose whatever they like just kind of like our government where people give politicians our money and then we they get to control them for example 
They sponsored official beauty pageants on regional and national levels. For that, they had a chance to choose who was meant to win. Unsurprisingly, often they put their girlfriends in the contest and then voted them as winners. Oh, my God. So, you know, there were some girls. There were some, I don't want to say the word ugly, yeah. but some people who were mathematically, symmetrically yeah. off. off. Mm-hmm. We're winning these pageants. And you know, the other girls are like, you know, I couldn't win because uh, this is a mobster's boyfriend. Or yeah. Sorry, I wasn't fucking a goddamn murderer. <laughs> couldn't win the beauty pageant. And this girl who has a gray, small baby tooth literally <laughs> won a fucking pageant. That's amazing. Uh, they liked it sports as well. And were donating money to clubs and sports organizations. One of the most famous Polish professional boxers, Andrzej Glata. Was a close personal friend with well-known gangster and hitman Pershing, the guy we mm. talked about the whole time. That's why his name was so confusing because he was uh, he was one of the guys that they never released his actual mm. name. I mean, it seems like they're at least putting their money. They're like they're giving back to the economy. Yeah, they're yeah. Like you know, building up sports or building up beauty pageants or building up you know just local people's like pockets. So it's like they're redistributing you know wealth a little bit. So it's like it does seem interesting too. It's like I feel like a lot of criminal organizations do the same shit you know like yeah these, like in south america a lot of guys sponsor f- clubs and then beauty pageants like oh there's kind so, of like a yeah get into real estate get mm-hmm. into jewelry you're like okay it's kind of the same restaurants mm-hmm. like with a increasing prestige they started to extort money from one another smaller criminal organizations and groups of thieves Excuse me. Usually they need to pay for a few thousand usd for protection to give some official tax for each robbery they did same as they do pretty much anywhere. Right. The internal power struggle and war with ex-members who created the Wallaman gang weakened them. The police investigation was unprofessional at an early stage, but as years came by, they got enough experience to strike the gang at the right moment. Many members got into the witness protection programs as long as they would snitch on their friends and co-workers, especially those in the upper circle. The most famous witness was Masa Muscles, who himself somewhere in the middle of the hierarchy being a manager for typical muscle for dirty work and a rapist and, and a, a rapist, fucking yeah. piece of shit. His testimony helped to bring the entire gang down. In early 2000, many high-profile members started to flee the country to avoid persecution. In the following years, many extraditions requests were being filled into Bulgaria, Mexico, Spain, a few other countries. I did it a Bulgarian guy. Yeah. Yeah, even it was he was like a he was a DJ and he was also a poker player, but like a good poker player where he would like disappear for like 3 weeks and then he just come back with like a lot of money and he'd be like, "Don't worry about it." He's like you're gonna have a fun week this week, and I'm like, all right, all right, all right, buddy, you yeah, got me. <laughs> you get okay. You're I'm gonna back. tell me again. I don't know where he is now, but had fun for a while. Yeah, it's, I mean that's very Eastern European kind of way of going about things, DJ thing. Yeah, DJ gambling mm-hmm. and like, but everybody thought we were brother and sister, which I was like, that's because he had bit, he had like literally the same exact eyes as I did, like mm-hmm. bit, but his eyes were like pretty, like like green, and then like. He lo- same hair, same skin color, and I was like, "All right." I was like, "This is kind of really egotistical." If it's I keep dating you, yeah, yeah. Also, it's always funny. Like, there's like a Eastern Europeans, like Germans and stuff. They a lot of Germans went to like uh, Argentina and stuff like that after uh, World War Two. Yeah. It's funny, like this, like there's just a Polish guy in Mexico. Yeah, like, he doesn't stand out, huh? Yeah, he's not sunburning in front <laughs> of everybody. The sentences were pretty low, and many gangsters left the prison after just a few years. However, the structure of the Prusikow gang was never rebuilt again. Masa Muscles got a lot of popularity and even wrote several best-selling books about mafia in his life. I spit on Masa. Okay, he wrote best-selling books. 
Right. I know, piece of shit. This one's a little deep dive into the murder of Merrick Papala, which I believe is the old police of chief, this murder. Okay. On the evening of June 25th, 1998, a former Polish chief of police, he resigned from his position after one year in 1997, General Merrick Papala parks his car in front of his home in the suburbs of Warsaw City. When leaving his vehicle, an unidentified man comes closer and shoots him point blank using a pistol with a silencer, killing him on the spot. Clean hitman job. All police stations of Warsaw are on alarm. On the very same evening, a special police task group is formed to resolve the case as there is immense political pressure. Within the following years, detectives questioned, detectives questioned hundreds of people and created 11 different possible scenarios. One of the theories comes from a professional car thief connected to the Pruskow gang, Iger L. Palik, a.k.a. Stick, who was already serving his time in prison, was put under a witness protection program. Thanks to him, many Pruskow gangsters were sentenced. Sentence. After his testimony, he was at a precisely same parking lot in which Papala was killed. He had a contract to steal one of the cars there unrelated to Papala. However, when the, he tried to break in, he noticed two men that were similar to well-known Pruskow hitman. Rights guard Bogiki, B-O-G-U-C-K-I-E. Riznik, a.k.a. The Butcher. Ooh. Yeah, he means business. Because it's like to get these names amongst other butchers. Right. Amongst men who like probably aren't that creative. No. So it's like that means like you are that. Like, yeah, the last guy was sl- stick. Yeah, so he's skinny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Russian hitmen who work for Pruskow. Sergei S. This testimony is corroborated by the wife of Popula who claimed to see the killer through the window. He pointed a on Resnick when pictures of several potential suspects were shown to her. That's Butcher. The lead was followed for years and detective thought that the Polish businessman Edward Muzerk came to Preskow gang and contracted to kill Popula. Andrzej Zielinski, Slowick, Nightingale. Hey, Nightingale's hey, back. Good to see guy. you, buddy. Yeah. Meant to organize the whole ordeal. However, in an unexpected twist, another theory was considered that Patyik tried to frame Resnik and the murder was accidental and committed, in fact, by Patrick himself and his other crime partners. This unusual method of stealing cars was approached a driver who was just parked with a gun, asking him to hand over the keys and run. So that's carjacking. Mm-hmm. Possibly they tried to steal the car of Papala, unbeknownst to who he was, and killed him in the process. These theories were leading ones, but created a big disagreement amongst police officers and prosecutors. Because of this, two separate task forces were established in two different Polish cities. Orsar team brought the case to court in 2008, accusing Resnik, uh, that's the butcher, of murder, and he was acquitted of all charges due to lack of solid evidence. The other team in Lud City followed the other lead and accused Patrick of murder. This created a super weird, unprecedented case in the Polish legal system. The central testimonies against Patrick were coming from his old friend and thief, Rauerker, a.k.a. Bicycle. Kind of, I don't know what that Bicycle. one means. If so, what's weird about this is both were under a witness protection program. However, in two, 2020, even this case was turned down by the court and Patrick was acquitted. Damn, so that was a recent. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, essentially, the uh, Potskow gang murdered a uh, general police chief. Yeah. And got away with it. You ever do something bad you got away with? I think the worst thing that I ever did, I, I when I was younger, because I grew up poor, I used to steal. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure I did too. Uh, Never from a person, only from business. Yeah. But me. I, but I had a friend who I used to, she was like, she had no fear when it came to stealing. So like, I would like give her like a list like I would basically it was like a Christmas list, but uh, items for her to steal for me. Nice. And so um, she would steal all this stuff. And then one time 
one time she got caught and I just ran away. Oh, <laughs> still hurts you this day, doesn't it? But I was really young. I was like mm-hmm. in sixth grade, but I still feel really bad because I think like I think she had to go to like juvenile, like like this whole court system and like whatever. But I'm like, she was stealing for herself, too. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know if she ever got her life together. I think she just kept going down, you know, the hole. And I was like, yeah. And I would kind of be like, I would have my other friends. I'm like, what do you want Julie to steal for us? Like, what do you want? What do you oh, want? Wow. And then yeah. I would be like. This is your list. Like, mm-hmm. be at my house by three. Wow. Um, but yeah, that's probably the thing that I'm like. I mean, feel bad to this day about. Yeah. I think it counts for something. Sixth grade, that's still fine. I used to steal a lot. I used to really? steal from Burberry. Uh, oh wow. Outlets. That's yeah. intense. Yeah, I used to steal from Burberry a lot. What would you steal? Like wallets or like? Oh, clothes, dude. Oh. My my <laughs> last two years in high school, yeah. I was dripped in Burberry like huge sweaters like 850 dollars sweaters the oh tr- my God. trick was i would go to i always like even when i was like selling drugs as a kid i never dressed like you know wearing giant clothes or look right like, look like someone who's selling drugs yeah like that, that's one thing people are always complaining about like being oh this thing fucking break being uh you know singled out for things it's like yeah. well are you dressing like a like a fucking criminal yeah, right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do like you that. look I mean, obvious? Yeah, people are like, this guy plays football. It's like, yeah, well, you're wearing a football helmet. Yeah, Don't dress yeah, like yeah. that. So I would dress in like a pink polo, seven jeans, rainbow flip-flops. Oh, my God. Were you that bougie back then? So yeah. even before, like, I guess pink started to come back around when Kanye did. So yeah, that's probably around 2007 that. Yeah, 2007 when, when I went to high school. So then I would go to Nike and I'd buy a pair, a pack of socks. And I'd ask them to give, the, you know, when you go to a nice place, and they kind of give you that square bag. Yeah. And then I would take that and I'd go over to the outlet, the Burberry outlets, and I'd put that under. I would put, so you got a, ring, a thing of clothes right here. Yeah. You slide your bag underneath. The bag stays up because it's plastic. Yeah. And you search for the ones you like and you just kind of drop them in the bag. Oh, my God. Just make sure they don't have a thing and then you pick that up and go. I was always so terrified to steal. My sister used to steal really bad too. And she would like, she would come home and she would like lift up her shirt and Mm. she would have like jewelry and like fucking like cigarettes and candy and shirts. And when I'm like, they would go into the dressing room and this is before they used to put the tags on the clothes. Remember like, you know, like those little ink things, Mm -hmm. they would go and just pretend to try things on. And this is like during like when Kurt Cobain was like popular. So it's like baggy clothes were in. So they'd wear baggy clothes, just put layers and layers of the stuff on. Mm-hmm. on and then just walk right out yep. and i was like damn yeah those are that's the good one i would do that too but you, i always went to outlets because those are the ones that the company didn't really care about that yeah. stuff so they didn't really put the tags on them and totally. i could just fucking destroy it all right the magadelenka shootout the remaining members of the mutant gang two high profile gang members hid inside a big villa in a small town magdalenka so this is the one just we just heard about it with they put the traps for the police officers yeah. a bunch of people got injured Police officers finally decided to take them down. However, they didn't expect this much resistance. The people assigned to the operation weren't even precisely aware who or what they will be trying to arrest. They didn't know that the gangsters would be possibly armed, experienced, have a strong will to fight to the death. <laughs> yeah. Even the maps were incorrect, leading one team to attack from the wrong side because instead of doors to breach, they just found a wall. On the other hand, the gangsters pre- prepared themselves for war. They put landmines in the garden. Damn. Had a big stash of grenades, 
29 different guns were used from pistols to machine guns to rifles and even one shotgun. Damn. They were very, they did their mm-hmm. homework. Yeah. F- what, it's just interesting. Like your government's got to be shit if people just kind of think you can just defeat what one wave of police and you're free. Right. Like what's next? Yeah. Don't like, they just keep a, coming? Yeah. They're like, do you have to like go to another country? Like France, can you help us? Yeah. Like what are you going to do, do, do here? 44 minutes past midnight on the 6th of March, 2003, a group of anti-terrorists launched an assault through the front entrance. One of the officers, unfortunately, turned on a makeshift bomb attached to the door, which killed him instantly. The sound alarmed everyone, and a big shootout started. In the meantime, due to firepower, a fire broke out inside the building. Imagine how many guns you got to fire for shit to just start catching fires. Two gangsters got trapped by the fire and died of carbon monoxide poisoning and burns. Few high-ranking police officers were accused of misconduct and endangering the lives of their peers. After a long sense of legal battery, they were acquitted of all charges in 2020. The mutants were eventually arrested and put on trial. However, no one was charged with what happened in Magdalenka. Damn. Wait, so all that whole yeah. entire thing, and they're just like, you know, we'll just sweep it under the rug. I know. That's, know? Say love you. What are you going to do? <laughs> that's what happened. And, that, and then you get this fucking culture of people like, well, if I just fight back, could but, be nothing happens to me. Yeah. And no one's going to get arrested. No one's going to get in trouble. It's just like, it sounds like they're just lazy. Where they're like, dude, don't make us do all this paperwork. <laughs> all the like, Polish jokes were, were right, apparently. spot on, yeah. All right, the last one, and one of the more interesting stories we've ever done, the Skin Hunter scandal. Boom, boom, boom. Wald Zamirez Sumera. W-L-O-D-Z-I-M-I-E-R-Z, Sumer. Worked as a paramedic in Lodz City in the 80s. When Poland switched to its economic model, he decided to set up his own private business. And he had an idea. He opened a funeral home. Thanks to his contacts in emergency departments and word of mouth, he got a steady source of clients. At some point, paramedics were handing him information that someone had died, and they were transporting that person to the hospital. They called such a body by the name Skin. By this, he was able to be the first at the place and offer his services to a mourning family. Mm-hmm. At first, it was just a favor. He used to give a bottle of vodka or wine to the paramedics to thank them. However, it quickly turned into a working business model. So he started to give money. Not much, just a few bucks for cigs or beers. However, this compensation wasn't sleeping. And other funeral homes adopted and started to bribe paramedics and doctors with more and more money. Allowing paramedics to get a second source of income. Damn. The average salary for a paramedic back paramedic back then was about 1.5k PLN a week. So that's probably like 2-300 bucks. The entire ambulance crew was getting 1.2 to even 2k PLN per skin. Damn. So you got your weekly off just one dead body. Right. So about 500 PLN per person in the ambulance. If they got seven fatalities during a shift, they could each make up to $3.5,000 in PLN a day. So double Damn. their weekly incurring their salary yeah a lot of money so things got serious and another emergency personnel was involved including dispatchers if they got a call from an older person with a stroke or a heart attack they would send the farthest reaching ambulance with the crew who knew about skin businesses so that when they arrived the patient would already be dead, oh would my already God. Be dead aka a free skin that's so fucked up some paramedics got even crazier. One infamous ambulance crew was known for giving their patients pancurium, bromicide, pavilion, and declaring their dead. So essentially just a very bad drug. Drugging, right? drugging them and killing them. Bogoslav Tika, 
a head of the emergency department in Lutz, had noticed worrying unnatural levels of mortality and then missing Pavlon supplies. After a brief investigation, he informed police that something nasty is going on. 37 people, workers of the emergency department, were charged and put on trial, but the actual number of people involved is probably much, much higher. An ambulance with the highest usage of Pavlon had over 70 suspicious deaths accredited, but only a few were provable at the court hearing. One ambulance. Yeah, one ambulance alone at 70. In 2007, four people were sentenced, including Dr. Andrews, and called by media, Dr. Embrantel. Embrantel is a medicine he would give patients to kill them. A judge in a Mosul speech has called him an agent of darkness who dis- disrespected human lives. Wow. And That's not a banger. Or a very sad, creepy banger. But. Right. Like, I can understand, like, the f- the very first part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, when they're just like, yeah. hey, like, if you just let me know, like, you're bringing in a person who's already dead the funeral home just let me know because then i could be the first person i give you a little beer money that part's normal it's like they're already dead what are you gonna do like get yourself some extra money it doesn't affect but then when you're like going out of your way now because now killing people yeah killing people or purposely taking a long time so people will just naturally die or poisoning people or you know you know, the other funeral homes getting involved to where they're getting super competitive and then giving them more money. And then it's just like, all right, you guys. But um, I mean, that's really what the crime this this episode. This episode for sure out of everybody, all of them I've done is it shows that when things are small, they can snowball. Yeah, because you got this. You got the small thing of. I used to work for this ambulance, you know, we're friends. When someone dies, give me the heads up first. I'll yeah. Shoot you a fucking beer, man. Who cares? And then it steamrolls in this, just like their Proscow gang started from stealing cars in other countries, right. bringing them back here. Everyone's having a good time. But once a lot of money gets involved. I'm a chief, head of chief, or yeah. whatever they're called, is then murdered yep. in a giant shootout, and nobody you know, gets arrested for it. And, and you're like, come on. Come on, guys. Come on, yeah. Poland. Come on, Poland. We're rooting well, for you. Well, Monterey, thanks for coming on doing the podcast. Tell yeah, me, uh, tell our me. listeners where they can find you, what they can do. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, my Instagram is Monterey M. It's M-O-N-A-R-E-Y-M. Um, if you go on my Instagram, you can see shows and my podcast and, you know, all my little all the little things that I am and that I have to offer. Mm-hmm. It's all on there. I would suggest you guys checking out our podcast. I've done it. A lot of good comics have done it. It's very spiritual. So if you like that kind of stuff, yeah. you're going to enjoy it. Hell yeah. All right. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you. See you guys next week. <laughs>